You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And we are back here on the Oz Network. We are starting our coverage of Survivor New Zealand. Can you believe it? We are here talking about the first and second episodes, which have uh, premiered over the last couple of days here in the land of the long white cloud. And uh, looking forward to getting into some um, exciting discussion about what we've seen already. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, my name's Nick, and I'll be uh, kind of hosting you through these ones. And um, I should have a, a snappy way of introducing myself, so I didn't think of that. But uh, I'll just say welcome to Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name is Ben, and I'm looking forward to talking about these 16 contestants. And, and, pre- and this, this is generally <laughs> press where we should have told you you introduce yourself, sort of. <laughs> We, we did yeah, well with I'm, that. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be talking about uh, Nicaragua as well. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, um, this is our top quality um, planning and presentation for, you know, like how, how we do these things. Because, you know, we literally just had like a, a pre-recording, how we're going to do this. And I'm like, Perez, I just want to check how I say your surname. And then I absolutely just throw it to him without introducing him at all. So, you know, go Nick. It's totally organized as usual. So, New, New Zealand you know, so, take control. Come on. <laughs> let's, let's just say that the, that the quality of this podcast is going to be um, nowhere near the quality of the show, <laughs> and um, we could all be about that. I think. I think we'd rather have it that way around. So, yeah. But anyway, here we go. We're talking about Survivor New Zealand. That's um, you know, we did our preview episode, obviously, and and that was a lot of fun. And and now we're actually getting to see what's happening here. So, I, I think the way we're probably going to talk about this is not scene by scene. We're probably just going to kind of go through and talk about the, the big moments. Um, we'll rate each episode individually in terms of what we thought about it, talk about our, you know, the characters we like and the moments we liked and, and what our big takeaways were and, and make some maybe predictions going forwards. But um, yeah, I think probably the first thing to start is, you know, we, we talked a lot about what the show was going to look like and was it going to be the real deal and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, just just thrown over to you, Ben, straight away. I mean, you know, you've, you've been obviously watched a lot of Survivor over the years. I mean, where do you think this ranks in terms of kind of the, the quality? Did it, did it look like the real deal to you? Uh, well, straight away, as soon as it began, I, yeah, Survivor straight away. There wasn't any question about it. And, um, you know, it was it was very much a, a high standard of, of production. I was very impressed with how it uh, was edited and how it was put together. I mean, having said that, it, it's... Definitely got a different vibe, I guess, from the US version. Um, even the Australian version that we got last year, I definitely feel there is a, a still a different vibe, like still some subtle differences with the way it's edited. Um, the music, obviously, you know, take the theme out of it is slightly different. I mean, it's not completely different, but it's still very subtly different. And, I mean, it's just the, the way... I think I kind of loosely described it to you as sort of saying that I feel it's almost like the Australian version we got in 2002, but good. Um, so, like, it's um, just kind of the vibe I've got. And you, I, I'm probably stealing your thunder here by saying this, but you kind of obviously told me as well, a bit of a Borneo vibe to it. And I kind of felt that too. I mean, it was just the way it was put together, um, you know, it was it was. It was very professional, very well done, but but different. But, look, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, you know, the beginning, you know, straight away, uh, you know, with Matt's over, you know, he's dubbing in Nicaragua and just, you know, very thick accent, uh, which I'm going to try and calm myself down because I know we do have New Zealanders listening to this show, not just the two of you here. So, uh, I, I, I'm, again, the outnumbered Aussie here. I'm not allowed to rip shit into your accents. Uh, but, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed how it was put together. I, I'd probably say it's a lot better than I was expecting. Um, 
and that's not to take anything away from New Zealand or sort of uh, TVNZ. I mean, it's exactly the same thing I said after the Australian version last year. So, yeah, I, I was very impressed with it. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely some things about it that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, I, I totally agree with everything you're saying there. I think one of the things I kind of really picked up on was um, was the editing style was a little bit different. And it kind of felt like you probably wouldn't see in New Zealand, you wouldn't, uh, sorry, in the the American version of like, you know, somebody has a confessional and then smash cut into somebody else having a confessional. That's not something you normally see on the American one, but that's something I noticed a lot of on this episode. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see if that is if that is maintained throughout this whole season or if that was just something off the bat, you know, and they'll get into a bit more of a rhythm. So I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how things shake out. But Prez, what were your kind of immediate takeaways? You're watching this thing play out on, uh, you know, were you like pinching yourself? It's like, this is this is New Zealand Survivor. This, you know, we are the first people in the world to see this. Because that was kind of like, for me, it's like, my God, we're not watching this on delay from like yesterday or six months ago or anything like that. We're actually watching this in real time, in prime time. And this is Kiwis playing Survivor. It was pretty surreal for me. What was kind of your feeling about it? Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I really liked it. Um, but going back to what you said, Ben, how you sort of felt like it had uh, the original Australian Survivor feel to it, I sort of got that vibe as well. I think um, somebody who started watching Survivor from, say, Heroes versus Villains onwards might go and watch some of the original seasons and think, okay... This is different, mm. which I got that sort of vibe from the show. It seemed quite, it sort of seemed almost Survivor Africa kind of feel in the way that we had seen two seasons and now we could sort of start to see their style of editing and the style of storytelling. I, I thought the way it was edited seemed very... Um, old school but good i liked it yeah and i mean i i think it, it's definitely got its own flavor which is really good you know like it's um it would suck if it just kind of looked like a, a cheapo version of the original it does it does look the real deal but it also does feel very um kiwi as well which is which is really cool and i think that's probably because we've got this awesome cast um i mean it was funny because you know i was doing a bit of live tweeting and i think you know in between all the things I compared it to, there was definitely Borneo vibes. There was um, a few Amazon vibes in a certain spot, which I might go into later on. Um, obviously, Redemption Island with you know the same beach and the same color of the buffs, and um, and you know just the the location itself was kind of you know hits you in the face that this is Redemption Island, along with obviously Redemption Island itself. But um, I got a bit of a, a one world vibe at points when they're stealing gear off each other at the start, and you know like so there, there was all sorts of different things that were kind of catching me. But uh, you know we start off straight away. And we, we come in with Matt, so we better talk about what we think about him. We come on, we, we know Matt's listening. This is this is awesome that we've actually got a host who who kind of retweets us and actually is, is listening to us. That's I I can't quite believe that. So hi Matt, hope you're listening to us uh, now. Um, give you two weeks and you'll be sick of our voices and never listen to us again. But that's okay. We'll, we'll make the most of it. We'll make the most of it for right now. But you know what were your guys? You know, Perez, what was kind of your takeaway with with um, Matt? Did you enjoy what you were getting from him? I mean, for me, he kind of just was like baby Probst. You know, he just he looks like Probst. He could be his he could be his little brother. You know, I think he just he 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 did an awesome job for me, and like I just I was quite blown away by him, really. Yeah, I thought he he seemed to be doing himself. He didn't seem like a a. Uh, wannabe Jeff or a wannabe Australian dude, Jonathan. 
he he seemed to be himself. He did seem to be a little bit. I don't know if it was a little bit timid or a bit nervous. He seemed a bit a little bit uptight, but I think there would just be nerves about hosting a big, huge show. So I I didn't mind him. I thought he did well, and I think he'll only get better. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think he's going to grow into the role a little bit, um, yeah. which is cool. You know, you're not seeing the, the fully formed version. If you go back to Borneo and even some of the, you know, the earlier seasons of Survivor, you're probably, you could say the same for Probst as well. You know, he's not the fully formed, you know, behemoth of a, of a um, man that we that we know today. He um, he kind of grew into that a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I was I was really impressed with him. I thought, you know, and I mentioned it in some of my live tweets, it's like his reaction faces are brilliant. You know, he's got that nailed right from the start. And, um, you know, I think he did a good job of questioning them, especially in the second episode. I thought he did a good job of kind of raking these guys over the coals, which is kind of what you want. He seemed to have improved a lot by the second episode anyway. So I think he'll only get better and better. Yeah, and I guess we should point out that um, maybe not here on the beach right at the start, but, you know, at the tribal councils on that first night, um, there's already this legendary story going around that, that Matt had the shits and was, was doing everything he could to, to hold it in and not um, thunder shaft all over the place. So, you know, we, we, we've got to give him some credit there that he might not have been at the top, the very peak of his game uh, right in that moment. So, you know, Ben, what did you think? You got this key where you just couldn't stop laughing at the accent, but um, apart from that, what were you thinking? Uh, it was just, it was just. I think it was the opening bit, though, when it just kind of really threw you. And that's probably just down to going back to what you're saying about the feel and the edit of it, is that the way it kind of starts off, it feels very like the American one. And you're like, oh, here we go. You're about to hear Jeff Probst's voice and all this sort of stuff. And all of a sudden you hear just like, Sockstein castaways are about to go to Nicaragua. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> welcome to New Zealand. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, Matt Matt was awesome. Uh, he, was, he was really good. He, I agree with you. He looks like Jeff Probst. Um, and he, he definitely has a lot of room to work into, but I, I feel he kind of, he's still ahead of the game a lot of the time. Like, I mean, again, you compare Borneo Jeff to where Maddie's right now, obviously Borneo Jeff didn't have Jeff to go off to kind of compare anything to, you know, the Swedish hosts or whoever were the hosts of Expedition Robinson. But, um, you know, so Matt's got a bit of advantage there, but he just, I, I felt he felt more natural in this role than Jonathan Lapalia did in Australian Survivor. And that's not to take away from Jono. I think Jonathan did a great job for that in the Australian one, and he also has plenty of room to grow. But if you had to have a more of a natural fit, who's more probes-like, Matt by far. Uh, I mean, there are definitely things about him that, you know, I don't think are, are as good as Jeff, but I mean, he just he just felt so much into this. And I think I even said to you, Nick, at one point when we were talking about this yesterday, uh, I think CBS have found their replacement for Jeff uh, the day he, he retires. I, I'm calling that already. Um, you know, I mean, we know CBS like their New Zealand hosts, obviously with Phil on The Amazing Race, so it's not unprecedented. Um, and this guy just like, you almost wouldn't notice it too much, at least on the look way. The voice has a bit of working on there if he's going to really fit on US Survivor. But, um, yeah, definitely so, so impressed with how Matt did it. And no, I'm not just saying this because he might be listening to us. I would be saying this right now if you said to me, Nick, he fucking hates our show. So, um, which let's be honest, as Nick said, you will in a couple of weeks, Matt. So yeah, very impressed <laughs> with Matt. And, um, you know, second episode too. Uh, there, there are definitely some moments in that second episode. He was very Jonathan Lapalia like where he wasn't really giving much to the challenges except saying, oh, he's lifting the flag. Oh, he's carrying it. Like, you know, <laughs> just being a bit too uh, obvious but uh you know i'm probably jumping way ahead here but uh, you know the second episode when he's like going, oh i felt 
that one. Like just the way he's like carrying on in that challenge was brilliant. So yeah, top marks to Matt. I think he did fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else he, he brings along in this this season. But he feels like a real natural fit for this. So, yeah, look, I, I just can't wait to see what we get from him. And um, he seems to be a really good sport. You know, like, um, you know, we were throwing out some good stuff. And, like, I'll get into it later in the episode. But, you know, I just nobody snuffs a torch quite like Matt does. It's pretty impressive. It's just like this over-the-shoulder kind of... flipping the votes. I, I Again, yeah. like, the way he flips them. Like, yeah. just, oh, he's got a style about him. I've I got to give it to him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. So let's get into, like, these these um, these 16 Kiwis rock up onto the beach. Um, looks like exactly the same beach that the Redemption Island guys rocked up onto, and uh, we split them into two tribes. So I'm, oh, you know I'm going to struggle here because I'm going to get them wrong, but... Uh, Starting with the Mogaton tribe, which uh, to me sounds like a transformer. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we've got, let me see if I can get this. So, Sala. Um, come on, help me out here, guys. Hannah. Oh, Arby. Arby. Izzy. Lou. Shay. Shay. Yep. Did I say Hannah? Uh, Hannah. Yeah, probably. She's there. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say, I'll say Hannah again because, yeah, Hannah's great. Um, yeah, so I think I think we've got all of them. So that's our that's our orange tribe, the Mogaton tribe. Um, not not huge on the name, but that's what are you going to do? Um, and, and then the Humosa tribe, which yeah sounds like a smoothie. Um, so go away, list them, guys, list them. D, Bob, uh, Georgia, Georgia, Jack, Shannon, Mike, Nate, Lee, Jack. Yeah. It's be- was that Spanish for beautiful? Was that was that? I love Matt's little line there when he's like, "Oh, and speaking of beautiful, Barb, you're on the right tribe." Like- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it, um, it brings me back to this is quite funny because you know through this whole thing we're going to get a few kind of like callbacks to things that you used to get on Survivor that you just don't on the American version anymore. It's just like why the tribe is called that. You know, it used to be yeah. like the Kucha tribe. That's a kangaroo or whatever the hell it was, you know, like, which they just don't do on the American version anymore. Um, you know, and so it was quite cool to see that. And yeah, we go straight into this, this kind of challenge where it's not a challenge at all, really, is it? It's just the, the, the same old thing of like strip the boat, you know, get all the supplies you need. And, you know, as he goes straight into good on it, goes straight into the kind of, you know, just stealing shit from the other tribe, um, which was, which was pretty awesome. I mean, you know, what were your thoughts on that, Ben? Was I mean, did you just see that coming? I mean, I totally saw that that was going to happen. I loved it. I thought it was great. And the, the, the thing that kind of disappointed me, though, in the long run with this is that straight away you see someone stealing stuff like that and, you know, you hark back to, like, a Rupert and they're going to just be such this big character and, you know, they're going to get it, this edit and kind of, you know, they're willing to do everything. But then within a couple of minutes, she completely ruins it by giving them a knife. Like, it's kind of like, what was the point of that, Izzy? Um, but, I, I mean, I love seeing everything sort of in the lead-up to that. And uh, I love the fact that, uh, you know, our favourite Danny Verk resident, Nate, you know, the cop, who's basically like, oh, I should have caught on to this a little bit more, but I just wasn't paying attention. Um, but I, I thought it was a, it's a fun way to start it off. And then uh, I was surprised that nobody got the key to open that box. Um, and then it was just funny kind of when you see there on the Mogaton mat just like how much stuff they've got. Um, because of Izzy stealing everything. Um, it's just, oh, it was so funny. I don't know how they're the ones that kind of lost in the second challenge. I mean, they had so much more stuff. It wasn't just like a couple of things here. But um, there was there was a line there that Matt said. I'm, I'm really calling out Matt now. When he's like, when they're, they're getting everything and he says something about the fruit. It's like, oh, yeah, going for the fruit. Go on. Like, I just, he got really yeah, excited yeah. that somebody was taking the fruit. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah. who that was that he was talking about. I just thought that was so random the way he said it. 
I just I, I, I have to especially call out um, Barb's line about oh great with that tribe and you yeah. know when, when I saw this live when I was up at the at the premiere party that line got such a laugh like people were just cracking up you know just like oh my god we are that tribe it's just brilliant eh but um, I, I really liked how it was filmed too like there was you had like the GoPros inside the boat and you know it just all looked like so cool so yeah I'm just like buzzing out because it, it does look the real deal you know um but you know Perez, what what did you think like did you did you like the idea of having like find this key and you know you can either go for the key or go for the the, the stuff you know did you think that was kind of like a good idea oh yeah I, I, yeah i liked it I, th- I thought it was good but more so i was impressed that it was izzy who was ripping off the other tribe because i didn't think we'd see anything like that from her but yeah I was disappointed too when she turned around and offered them the knife. I was like, "Oh, you think... silly girl! You silly, silly girl!" It was very Mike thing? Holloway worlds apart. Is that is that a New oh. Zealand thing that you guys are just you can't do something mean without them being nice about it? Or <laughs> well, I mean, uh, for my two cents, yeah, for my two cents, that felt like, and I think that's what Perez and I have to do here is kind of call out stuff that we think is, you know kind of a bit of a Kiwi action and to me that totally felt like something that Kiwis do it's like yeah we want to go for the you know that big move or whatever it might be but at the end of the day we want to shake people's hands afterwards you know we want people to get along and you know we're generally not a real kind of backstabby culture I don't think so yeah it totally kind of felt like a a Kiwi culture thing when I saw that for sure it just it just felt a lot of that in these episodes, I felt that it was kind of... And this is maybe a lot of it going back to, yeah, sort of the first Australian Survivor as well. I think a lot of people had a criticism with that was that just no one seemed willing to do anything backstabby. It was very mateshipy, and that's kind of when a lot of people got worried about Australian Survivor last year was when the word mateship was thrown around, like, oh, God, here we go again. Um, but, oh, like, yeah. it just it just seemed... And it's and this. I don't know if this is a criticism or not. It's just kind of the feel I got. And again, this is maybe from an Australian's perspective, where maybe we are a bit more backstabby sort of people. Um, it's kind of just there was a lot of vibes across these two episodes where it was very much, you know, like like in the second episode when all of a sudden everybody's like so distraught that they voted Hannah out. Like, oh my god, I'm so you know terrible and blah blah blah. Which I guess you can understand because of the whole Redemption Island thing. And again, I'm jumping way ahead, but. I just felt that was a real sort of vibe across these two episodes that New Zealanders seem to be very much willing to do things, but then when it kind of comes to it, they feel guilty about it and want to apologise. Like, maybe you guys are, like, very similar to Canadians that you just always have to apologise for things at the end of the day. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I would, yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Yeah, I think it also, to me, it also kind of speaks to we don't have this reality TV culture here either. Like, all our reality TV shows are... And not really competitive like this and you know we just don't even really have that thing of you know you kind of go for blood from the beginning like these guys just everybody wants to kind of you know get along so to speak and yeah i mean it just it all felt pretty natural to me um yeah the, uh, none of it kind of really surprised me i have to say but uh, you know we kind of kind of head off in these two tribes you know they get the bad news that they're going to be going to tribal council night one so i mean I don't know how much you guys were spoiled and knew what was happening, but uh, you know, Perez, did you did you kind of have any thoughts when you heard that? Like, what was your kind of immediate reaction? Like, we're going to both tribes are going to tribal council first night. Well, I thought it was going to be the same thing as the Nick and uh, Connor twist from Australian Survivor. Is what I instantly thought. I thought they were just going to swap them over, and I was like, ooh lame twist but obviously that's what's going to happen so i was shocked when it was redemption island um no i didn't have anything spoiled though so mm, yeah 
That was my thought. I was like, no, there's, they're not going to eliminate two people straight away. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was totally what I thought as well. I was uh, along the same lines as, as you um, that, yeah, I, I kind of felt that it was going to be, you know, especially when they kind of like they voted and they took their torches with them. I thought this is all a bit weird. Um, yeah. And yeah. So, and you know, it was so early in the episode that we got a tribal council as well. So yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I think being you, you may be a little bit more spoiled. Maybe. I don't know. Look, and, and this is not having a dig at you, Nick, because um, this is no way any dig at you. I, I knew there was Redemption Island involved because I had to publish your article. So um, so that kind of is where I, I knew that there was that. I didn't know who was voted out or anything along those lines. But um, it was it was an interesting way to go about it because um, I, I guess I was paying particular attention to the way Matt phrased things. Um, at Tribal Council, because, you know, later on he obviously said, like, oh, you notice I didn't say you were the first voted out of the game, you were the first voted out of your tribe. And I was, you know, kind of, that was very, I felt obvious once you sort of got an inkling of that, that you knew that. But, um, yeah, and I, I think I was the same there as Perez as well, that even if I hadn't known this, it's kind of, as soon as they said, like, a person's going home from each tribe tonight, um, it's like straight away thinking, well, there's only 16 people on this cast. It's not like the Australian one where we had, you know, 17,000 people on the on the season so it was kind of like yeah you're not going to get rid of two people on the first episode when you've only got 16 people i just i just didn't think that was a possibility so um it was it it made for a very interesting first episode i i didn't mind how this was edited how it yeah like as you said nick how we basically had this tribal council like smack bang in the middle and because i'm looking at the the timer and i think we still had like half an hour to go um, on the episode clock <laughs> after, you know, both vote outs. So it was kind of, it was interesting how it was, um, it was done that first episode. So yeah, uh, it's, it's good to get, I guess, a shock straight away because, you know, um, as we kind of went through with the cast, a lot of these people have watched the show and know about Survivor, but I'm sure there's also equally a few people on this cast who've never seen it before. So it kind of comes down to the fact like, oh, okay, cool. You know, and it's a, it's a bold, I think you did a very good article there, Nick, just on, on our website, the network.net, um, about sort of, you know, your viewpoints on coming out straight away and using Redemption Island because it's a bold move to use a twist that uh, is pretty much hated in the Survivor fan community to use that in the very first version of uh, of New Zealand Survivor. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd, I'd be interesting to know and, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Matt and maybe some of the other guys in production about what they were thinking behind the decision to do Redemption Island because, um, yeah, it is pretty bold. And um, for me, I think ultimately Redemption Island... It, it, it thrives or fails on who comes back and what impact they have on the game. Like basically, if somebody, you know, if somebody runs the table, um, comes back, wins two challenges, and then wins the game, like doesn't does what Aussie almost did, I think it completely ruins the season because that person just has a, an asterisk on their win forever. Um, but you know, like like they care, they're not going to care. You know, the money's in their bank account; it doesn't. They don't really give a shit. But you know, I think for the fan community, they wouldn't be happy about that. But I think, you know, if, if it kind of, and I mean, we're already seeing that in the previews for next next episode is that, you know, obviously Tony's going to come in and he's, and he, you know, he's not going to be shy saying what he wants to say. And I think that's going to make good TV. And I also think it puts the onus on the players to, you know, that their elimination is ultimately their fault or not. Like if they can't win the challenge, then they're gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that kind of softens the blow of, oh, I got blindsided, I got backstabbed, you know, people, you know, the, I think the audience will probably accept it a little bit more. I mean, that's that's just what I think. I mean, Perez, it'd be interesting to see what you think from a... You yeah, know. I, I agree with you with what you just said. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Um, I'm thinking about it, though. I, I'm personally not a Redemption Island fan. I don't like it, but no. I, I think it would be 
um, a permanent a part of the show if it continued because we are culturally like the sporty competition aspect of Survivor, I think. And I think having the Redemption Island part in there would make the whole elimination process more palatable to a New Zealand audience, which I don't like, but oh well, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think, and we're getting really ahead of ourselves here, but I think actually Tony getting voted out and going on Redemption Island is actually the, the, the totally best thing for his game because, you know, if he ends up running the table there and coming back, he hasn't pissed anybody off, which he would if he stayed in the game. Um, you know, people are going to respect the fact that he won all those challenges and then he comes back and he hasn't been involved in any of the blind sides. You know, who's not going to want to vote him to, you know, to win the game? So, yeah, I guess we're going to get to that. But, you know, let's, let's try and uh, keep on track. I know that's something that we uh, continually struggle with here at the Oz Network, but let's, let's at least try. So, you know, we, we get... <laughs> This, uh, this, and it's quite interesting because we almost get two big big chunks, don't we, of like, here's the Mogaton tribe and here's kind of almost everything that happens before Tribal Council. And then here's the Hamosa tribe and here's everything that happens before Tribal Council, which is kind of weird. And it's not, not really what you get on an American version. But we start with this Mogaton tribe and, you know, I guess like the, the overall theme here is, you know, the girls are kind of getting together. And I think this is something that I've already picked up on over two episodes is that you know, I'm already going to call that I think the female wins this season because I think that the editing's already telling me that these women know what they're doing. Um, you know, we've had two women go, but I, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the ones that are left are running the show and they're letting the men think that they're actually in control when they're not. Um, so we get these women and can they work together? And, and these Mogaton women, you know, they can't really work together, unfortunately. And it, it ends up being Hannah who goes. But, you know, um, you know, Perez, what was your take on kind of like the, the camp scenes that you were getting from Mogaton early on? I liked it. I, I they sort of they've got sort of like a uh, Andrew Savage's original tribe and Pearl Islands vibe to them. I think they could be like the you know how some seasons one tribe is the main tribe. I think the Orange team will be that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, if I was going to try and, um, you know, look at these two tribes and, you know, I think I just, they could have not gone to the Hamosa tribe at all for this whole time, the whole time. And I would have been happy. Like I thought Mogaton were so much more interesting. And that's not yeah. to say that the cast, the cast on the Hamosa tribe are not interesting. They just, there's obviously nothing really happening over those first four days because, you know, everything that was happening at Mogaton was just so, you know, I was kind of captivated by what they were doing. So I just wanted to see more and more and more of that. But, um, you know, I just want to get a little bit it into because obviously we're, we're going to see you get it voted out a little bit but um ben i know you and i talked a little bit about hannah and you know I, I put a tweet on our thing which was basically you know if you don't love hannah then you're watching the show wrong which is a little bit tongue-in-cheek but i think she's just such a unique and awesome piece of casting and you know i mean what was what was your take on hannah specifically when you're watching these scenes oh look i mean i think if people listen to our preview episode they know that i didn't see any videos of any of these casts coming into it so i just basically saw photos and read words uh and i liked hannah instantly from what i saw and read and yeah loved her every bit of her um on this uh the first couple of episodes you know i just think she was such a breath of fresh air for the world of survivor you know i mean it's kind of i know throughout the years on survivor Oz, when we talk about casting you know we'd always kind of long for the days of like a borneo and that kind of such a diverse cast and i feel this is that we went over that now preview one but 
Hannah, you know, it was just everything about her, her personality, her spunk, just her attitude. You know, she was strong. Um, you know, she's physically, I guess, different from, you know, on the outside to what most people expect to see on a show like this. But to me, that is fantastic. You know, the fact that she's out there and, and just, you know, even like a small little thing of just her being in a bikini. Like, I mean, that kind of sounds like a really weird thing to say. But like in no way on any, you look at any American version of Survivor where you've got, a, a you know, a woman who I guess isn't the bikini model. She's always been forced to wear kind of one of those one-piece tankies. Think of something like Sandra or Sari, you know what I mean? You never see them in a bikini. And the fact that here she is just wearing something like that and just proud and just fantastic. And I just applaud her so much for, for having that too. And it's just, it's so great. And it was just so interesting how this all went down with her getting voted out because kind of the edits showing like straight away how strong she's being, you know, like her jokingly there when she's like, oh, I lifted all these boulders. Oh, they weren't really boulders, but I'm just going to say they are. Um, you know, she's talking about being a model and a power lifter, just like how amazing she is. And it really didn't seem like at the beginning, they're all like, it didn't seem like how she looked was a factor in it, you know, because she was strong. They're all saying how strong she was. And it just came to seem out of nowhere that they're all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, but she's probably going to slow us down, so we should vote her out. Yeah. So, to me, I think this this first episode twist where, you know, you've got these, you know, that both tribes are going on the first night is a fun twist, but unfortunately what it did is it ended up that we got two of our, you know, kind of kooky cast members got, got axed really quickly just because they physically look different from everyone else. And so that's the downside of doing it, you know, because... Now, for my money, and so here we go, here's a hot take, that um, if, you know, if this was a traditional thing where, you know, the, the first tribe loses, they go to tribal council at day three, I don't think Hannah's going anywhere, because I think by that point, Tony's pissed too many people off, um, or, yeah. you know, the whole, the whole Tom thing has happened, and, you know, Tom's, you know, worrying people, or Izzy's not doing that well, you know, Hannah's maybe shown what she's capable of doing in a challenge, and she's had time to work into this tribe, but I think on day one, you literally, it is that real, that Sandra strategy of like anybody but me. I've just got to get the target off me. Who do I choose? Oh, that one that looks different. She's the bigger girl. Let's just get rid of her. You know, she's probably not going to be fit for challenges. And, you know, they just, they actually haven't had three days to, to evaluate her and get to know her and see that she's actually like physically incredibly strong as well. So, you know, I mean, she was on a, a hiding to nothing with this twist, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, Perez, I don't know what your take on that was. I mean, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, if she had the chance to integrate into the group, she definitely wouldn't have been the first one off, which sucked because she was, out of all the girls, she was my top choice. I was the one, I wanted to see her the most out of all the females this season. But did you did you hear when she got voted off, the music that was playing almost sounded similar to that um Awful, awful song from like early two thousands, um, like big, big girl in a big, big world sort of tune. Did anybody ask? I know the song. I I didn't pay attention. Who? What is that song? That was a shit song. Yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) I for a moment I thought you were talking about that Fergie "Big Girls Don't Cry" song, but no, no, no. I know the song you're talking about. I'm going to Google that shit. But no, I didn't pay attention. I didn't. I didn't hear that. But that's interesting to think of that. I was like, oh, my God. But then I heard it again when Tony got voted out. Um, yeah, I can't believe they fat-shamed her the way they did. I, it almost reminded me of when they uh, all attacked Xi'an in Thailand for eating, like, the under part of the chicken and the chicken neck. It's It was just, Can, oh, my, I can't I believe just, it. I'm <laughs> glad, you, I, glad you brought that up. And, like, 
this is something that I didn't really want to focus too much on as well, because I felt like it was focused on by the people in the episode, but I, I feel, look, and I'm not just saying this is a joking thing, as a man of size, like, I don't get an often chance to kind of come in here and be like, hey, everyone, I'm fat, I can talk about, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I, somebody myself who, I guess, is on the larger side, I don't necessarily ever see people of my size on TV. So, like, you know, I remember back in Worlds Apart when Noah and I were jokingly getting so excited about Dan Volder, because like, hey, you know, he's like a Billy Garcia type, you know, a Mike Barassi, it's great. So, like, when I see someone like Hannah on a show like this, I get excited and automatically I feel a connection with them. And I've always felt that if I go on Survivor, that's going to happen to me. I'm going to get looked at and judged purely on my size. So, I feel for someone like Hannah who is definitely being targeted for that. I guess it's the society we live in because, you know, it, it is a, still something that is looked down upon. And, you know, I'm not getting into the whole wider situation around that. But my biggest issue with this is the fact that, yeah, they they pretty much, as you kind of said there, Prez, sort of did it as almost a fat-shaming thing. But, like, it just... There was no reason to. There was no reason to because... And I don't know if this just comes down to, you know, one voice starts talking so they all go along with the majority and all that sort of stuff. But she was stronger. Like, she would be stronger than pretty much everyone on that tribe. And I just don't get yeah. the logic behind them doing it purely on her physical appearances. And that 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 made me so sad that that is pretty much the reason why they did it. And, okay, the next episode they sort of felt bad for it because they saw how dominant she was on Redemption Island. But this is where it's like, well, you guys only have yourself to blame. You can't come out now and say, I feel bad for it because you saw how strong she was already when they were building that shelter. So um, it, it got me very sad and angry that she was the one who was voted out purely on that reason that you said. And it just... Yeah, it makes me it makes me mad. It makes me mad. Yeah, and uh, you know I I totally agree with everything you're saying. Um, unfortunately, we can't change anything about it. So I think uh, you know, what we're saying here is that you know we really enjoyed what we saw um, with Hannah, and you know interesting to see how she does at Redemption Island. It'd be great, an awesome story if she gets back into the game. So we'll just have to see what happens here. But um, Perez, I mean, what was your take on the rest of the Mogaton tribe? I mean, there's some some interesting characters there and and some alliances building. I mean. For my money, I um I really like Shay. I think they they spend a lot of time showing Shay, which I think's got to be good for her. And obviously, um our boy Sala, you know, he's he's a bit of a star in this tribe. Um, you know, I I actually really love what we got from Tony, and I'm I'm gutted he's gone because I think he's a, he was a great character. I mean, who who kind of stood out for you in this group? Uh, initially, Izzy and Shay. Um, yeah, uh, Shay was really surprising because she was my pick to be the first one off, but she did really well. And I think she could, if she steps into a leadership role, as far as dictating what's happening, I think she could be one to watch. I'm impressed with Shay more so than I actually thought she would. And did any of you two think that Izzy sort of looks like a poor man's Katie Collins? I can see it. Yeah. 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 Decent call. I can see it. Not as cute yeah. as Katie. Yeah, no, no offense, Izzy. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think um, you know, going to going back to that point with Shay, I mean um, if we're going to get into a little bit of editing, I, I really like what we got from Shay because obviously they kind of showed her at the focus of kind of both votes that everything was kind of floating around her, and you know I really like that they showed a lot of remorse for voting out um, Hannah, which I think has got to be good for her overall storyline. So, yeah, I mean, Shay's one that I'm expecting we're going to see stick around in this game for quite a, a long while. Um, so I don't know, am I going to call her a winner pick after these first couple of episodes? But I think she's going to be right in that mix going forwards. You know, I've got a really, really good feeling there. So uh, watch her get voted out next week. Uh, that's that's <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, I mean, Ben, Ben, anyone else from that Mogaton tribe before we move over to the the purple team that um, you want to kind of single out? Yeah, look, I'll touch on Shay too. Uh, I kind of have differing viewpoints. I yeah, I I can see where you guys are definitely coming from uh, with it, but I don't know if I was that impressed. I thought she was a little bit too wishy washy for my liking, and to me, like I I think there's sort of an interesting dynamic with her and Lou. And Lou, wow, like, Nick, I think you were onto something in that first, uh, in that preview episode. She has, out of all of them, I think she's impressed me the most. She was, she was great. She looks so level-headed and so calm about everything. And the way, I think it was in that second episode, I, who was she even talking to when kind of she was just basically like, yeah, look, you know, this is how it's going to go. And if you want to work with us, that's fine. You know, just kind of like, it's like, well, here we go, Queen Lou all of a sudden. And I've kind of got a yeah. vibe that it remind like Lou and Shay kind of remind me of a Kim Spradlin and say the Sabrina or a Chelsea in that they, they seem very strong in how they're doing things. But to me, it's more Lou that's calling the shot. Lou's the Kim Spradlin. She's the one with the calm face and she's the one who can, you know, dictate, control and really be manipulative and strong, but still be likable. Whereas Shay, I feel, will get the heat for it. And because like the way she was with Hannah, you know, straight away, like you thought, oh, besties, her and Hannah are going to work out. And then it was Hannah who was like rolling her eyes and all that sort of stuff. It's Shay, what Shay was saying. I just felt that Shay was covering herself a little bit too much. And it's not to say I don't like Shay. I like Shay. But it's just, I don't know. I just kind of got a bit of wishy-washy vibes from her. And I feel she'll definitely go far. I just don't know if if she's with Lou. Uh, even after two episodes, I feel that Lou is the one that's going to get that over Shay. I, look, again, I could be wrong. You watch her go on to win it now. Um, you know, in a landslide. But, uh, yeah, that's my take. Um, anyone, I, I, so was a question about anyone else there? Or were we just talking about them? Or am I jumping ahead? Well, or? I mean... I, uh- I mean, guess I guess we're going to come back to them, so we can kind of move on here a little bit. But I'll, I'll just jump in there a little bit with Lou. Is that um, the response that she gave to to Matt's question in that second tribal council uh, um, was phenomenal? Oh, like, yeah. I know it was edited and everything, but it is just incredible that somebody could give an answer that good. And the fact she's nineteen and just like yeah. dished that out. Um, you know, it was so good. It was so impressive. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping, obviously, she's my winner pick, so I'm really hoping she does well. But, you know, for somebody that's so young, she's just incredibly poised and, and yeah, really impressive what we've seen from her so far. But uh, let's jump over and look at the Samosa tribe because, uh, yeah, I definitely think Mogaton are the stars at the moment. But um, there's some interesting characters on this um, this purple tribe as well. And, obviously, a lot of talk around Dee and these, these, um, this first episode um, because, uh, obviously, what happens to her. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Perez, for you, who are kind of some of the standouts that, you, that you're looking for on this Purple Tribe? Well, immediately, it was the three that I think are the most interesting characters from the first episode would have been Dee, Georgia, and Mike. Um, Dee, what an idiot. She is so <laughs> stupid. She, she claims that she's like this Survivor super fan. I think she could tell you who the seventh person voted out of the fourth season voted for at that tribal council. I don't think she gets the game at all. I think she's a fan of the show, doesn't understand the game. What an idiot. Why did she put her hand up and say, oh, yeah, hey, man, I'm the villain. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> what an idiot. She, I'm so glad she was the first one off. Dumb. I Just dumb, dumb, dumb. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure I got your point there. Maybe you need to, need to <laughs> say what's it your real, to, What's like your thoughts that? on D, Perez? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think um, like for me, I I really felt for D because I thought that this was totally what I would do, and you know, like all cards on the table here, is I actually didn't apply for the show because I was terrified of what happened to D happening to me. You know, like I'd put all this effort into you know applying, 
you know, somehow managed to get on the show and then completely balls it up within the first day and um, and end up having a really bad, you know, and I don't know if you've read any of her, her post-show stuff, but she's not happy. And, you know, and that would be really hard, you know. So I, I did kind of feel from her from that point of view, yeah, she made some mistakes for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I can't help but feel for her and, and what happened in this episode. Um, ben, do you want to jump in with anything there with D? I mean, I want to talk about some of the others too, but um, yeah. I think we've kind of got to cover off this D stuff um, before we move any any further forward. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm the middle ground here between you two. I'm sort of, I see both sides of it. Uh, I'm not going to deny that she made a stupid decision putting her hand up straight away with the villain role. I mean that. I mean, can we just note out that uh, Shay did the same too? If you actually look at that clip in the background, she puts her hand up at the same time. Shay. Yeah. But um, you know, yeah. Matt calls out D. So look, you know, just just want to point that out there if people weren't paying too much attention to that. But. Um, Look, it was interesting because, and then, then when she tried to cover herself at Tribal, the way, you know, Matt's like, oh, you said you were the villain. And she's like, no, no, I didn't say I was a villain. I said that I'm happy to play like a villain in order to get far in the game. Technically, I would say she was correct because if you actually, again, listen to the way Matt phrased the question and her answer in all technicalities. But again, who was it? Was it uh, Michael or somebody who said straight away, like, oh, I don't trust her. She said she's going to be the villain. I don't want to play with people like that. Was that Mike? Was that Arvi? It was one of them that said that. It was Mike, yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like, you know, straight away, uh, you know, dumb for doing that because that's immediately putting something on your back as soon as you do that. Um, And But, like, I I get what you're saying too, like, such a fan. And, you, you know, this is, I guess, any fan's fear, like, you know, my fear kind of going on a Survivor if I ever made it would be that, you know, people assume I host a show on Survivor that I should know everything about it and I fuck up on day one and get voted out. I'm going to come home with a tail between my legs. I mean, this is where, like, she reminded me of someone like a Max Dawson, you know, or a Garrett or even a Colton in the fact that, you know, they're renowned as being huge super fans, but then they just, they fuck up so badly. Um, but it's kind of funny in a way, though, too. Like, I would almost wear it as a badge of honour to be like, look, you know, clearly I'm shit at the game, but I'm happy to talk about it. Most people say I'm shit at my opinions anyway and survive when it comes to that. But it's just, it's it's just, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm torn on to what think of how she sort of reacted outside of it. Because it was kind of like, it was a weird thing. And again, probably jumping ahead here, but it was a weird thing when she's on Redemption Island and it's like, you know, she's eliminated. And she's like, oh, just to tell everyone... I'm a huge fan of Survivor. I listen to 40 hours a week of podcasts. I know all the players, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, so. Uh, that was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was kind of like, like, yeah, look at wh- that wh- and what's look the point how of- poorly you did. Yeah, I wouldn't reveal that at that point. <laughs> like, <laughs> just uh, won't tell anyone. But, um, I mean, having said that, you know, if she listens to 40 hours of podcasts a week, I'm assuming she might have heard some of our show over the time. Dee, if you're listening, hi, how are you doing? Uh, if you have listened to any of the ones that I've hosted before, clearly, you know, I'm a suck-up, so that's what I'm doing at this point. But, yeah, I-, I can imagine that it is a very hard thing to swallow, a bitter pill to swallow. You know, she said Survivor is her life. Um, so, you know, to go out there and kind of, uh, you know, get done. And I, I kind of noted in some of her exit, you know, the few exit ones that she's done, because let's be honest, uh, she's basically just avoiding all interviews. She wants to not do any of them. So I think she's obviously done like the one or two compulsory ones uh, for the major networks over there in New Zealand. Um but it kind of does sound like she's slightly blaming the show as well because she's saying it's stupid that they have this day one vote out. You know, she sort of brought up Jonathan and Libby and Laura Bonham and all that stuff. Uh, Libby. Uh, what did I say? Libby? Jonathan? You know who I'm talking about. Jonathan and Wanda. Yeah. And, um, and Laura slash Rupert from Blood vs. Water, you know, this day one vote out. Um, so it's kind of interesting that she's sort of 
taken that route with her. But look again, she's frustrated, she's angry. I'm sure she'll calm down one day. She would be someone we'd love to get on this show to talk about it because, um, you know, as such a fan of the show, it would be interesting to really get that perspective of sort of someone who's such a huge fan and just had this completely ruined it. Because I think in one of the interviews, she said she just, she quit Survivor when she got home, you know. I mean, imagine something that you guys are, say, more passionate about than Survivor that you experience and then you quit. Like, I'm a huge Formula One fan. If all of a sudden they're like, Ben, you get to race in the Australian Grand Prix, I crash out on the opening lap and I'm like, oh, fuck Formula One, I'm done with it for life. Like, (laughs) I just, I couldn't imagine doing that. But, you know, I've never experienced what Dee did. So, yeah, she was a fascinating one. She was. And, um... I liked her, though. I just... I felt for her in some aspects, but I also think she was stupid in some aspects. So, I'm, I'm the middleman here. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's, it, it's a hard one to watch for me. I, I did really struggle with that a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I think we've probably said it all with, with Dee. And I do want to talk about what we saw with some of these other characters as well because, uh, you know, they were a lot of fun, some of these characters. I mean, we didn't see much of them, but I'm a big Jack fan. I, you know, like I like what we did from him. Show? I don't think we saw anything from him, did yeah, we? all sad. Was. <laughs> yeah, no, we saw the, the scene where he said, what was it, something about... Um, you know he's he's not patient or something like it was a funny line anyway whatever it was it was really good um so you know he was he was really funny um i i, I can't say i'm the biggest mike and georgia fan at this point but um we'll see if that changes um I, you know i guess that the show is kind of pointing me towards liking uh you know um the cop and and um barb you know that's that they want me to like them and they want me to kind of feel like the other ones are have been a bit uh, conniving and things like that but um just for the record and this is not just a uh, survivor new zealand thing but a survivor in general thing can we stop trying to categorize everybody as either a hero or a villain this is not a, ca- a, a comic book everybody doesn't have to be one or the other and i get so sick of hearing that it's such a cliche can we just shut the fuck up about villains and heroes and like it actually <laughs> doesn't matter um and you know uh, and the show just does it it overdoes it and i can't stand it so one thing one thing i just wanted to quickly sorry to interrupt but like in terms of um that i noted is that the way it was sort of edited is like the narration of the second episode kind of implied things that i felt we hadn't heard yet so i think like matt said something about the um was it the girl alliance or how did she put it uh girl the girl code um, and I don't know if that was mentioned in the first episode. Maybe I missed it. But then all of a sudden in the second episode, we hear a bit of the girl code being mentioned. So then in the, the preview for the next week, we hear Matt sort of preview saying like, oh, the Gen Y Alliance. Um, at what point did we ever hear it referred to as the Gen Y Alliance? It's kind of like Matt's, you know, overselling or kind of giving us more of a teaser to... Not that it's a big deal. Like, who gives a fuck if we didn't hear the girl code and the Gen Y Alliance if we're going to hear it next week? But it's just, it just felt weird. Like, I kind of got taken aback there a little bit. It's kind of just playing into what you're saying about calling everyone heroes and villains. It's like labelling everything. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like they're always looking for that hashtag that we get in the US version, I guess. But that was just a little thing I noted. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, you're, you're probably setting up, um, we're shooting off on a few tangents here, but I think we're also setting up a little bit of a, you know, um, an age war here. It feels like the young versus the old and who's going to be caught in the middle of that, certainly on that Hermosa tribe anyway. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing where that leads and if that is the case. But, um, um, Prez, I mean, what was your take on this Hermosa tribe? Um, you know, we, I think you're kind of feeling the same way as me that we probably haven't seen the best of them yet. Um, but yeah. Was there any kind of a standout for you? Well, Mike and his whole, oh, this is a game for heroes, not villains, and then turned around and was like, oh, I'm the captain of my little pirate ship and these guys are all my little crew. What a dumbass. I don't like him. 
if he gets kicked off next, great. Uh, he seems like I like Silas without any charm. He's just your typical dickwad. And Georgia, who's just following him around, she, he's like he's like Jeff from Palau, and she's like Kim, the blonde bimbo who did nothing. Those two are uh, whatever. Bye. Um. Yeah, they'll probably be around until the merge to annoy me, but you know. I don't want them to win or make the jury. <laughs> and the other one was Shannon because I didn't get a good, uh, I didn't get any sort of impression from her from her interviews or anything. But she sort of seemed like like a. I think maybe because she looks a little bit like Kim Spradlin, she sort of had like a Kim Spradlin's dorky, not quite up there sister vibe. But um. <laughs> I, I liked her, what I saw, until she turned around and she's like, oh, yeah, Redemption Island, man. Cool. That's the way you can show that you really deserve to be in this game is by winning Redemption Island. I was like, oh, shut up and go back to your zoo. So, Georgia, <laughs> Mike, and boo. <laughs> can I, I just really feel like this is a, the part we should mention. Um, we got a couple of comments from our preview episode from a couple of the cast members who listened. One of them was Hannah. The other was Michael. So, um, Mike, if you're listening, Perez is a fan. I'm sure you guys are going to love talking to each other one day. Hey, I'm Mike. Just, I, I just, I just want to make it. I just want to make a mental note that I need to use the word dickwad in conversation more often because it's pretty good and it's one of those ones I just forget to use. So, yeah, that, that's awesome. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, um, I think we were, hopefully we're going to see a little bit more from this Purple Tribe going forwards because uh, they were kind of the silent assassins in this one. We didn't see all that much from them and I think all the big characters for these first couple of episodes were on that other tribe. So we probably don't need to talk to them about them too much more. We can probably head into these two tribal councils and just talk about anything in general that, that kind of comes up there. I just just wanted to talk about the visual look. I thought I thought Tribal Council looked awesome. Um, it really reminded me of kind of like an Amazon look. I think it's you know, it, 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 yeah, it, it kind of has a really good kind of look and feel to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we've we've probably um, pointed out between the all three of us, but not on air, was um, how annoying it was to see the the voting cards voted <sighs> vertically. Which, Sorry, folded vertically. It's just so weird. Um, I didn't really understand why we were doing that. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than that, the kind of tribal council felt really good. I've already said, I think, Matt, his um, his torch-snuffing technique is just the bomb. Like, it's just the most amazing thing ever. Like, over the shoulder, smash the snuffer down onto the torch. It's like, yeah, you just, it's like, goodbye, bitch. You know, you just there's, there's no kind of, like... <laughs> There's no subtlety about it. It's like you are voted out, motherfucker, and he just he just nails it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I I loved everything I got from these. I think I think the actual content of the two tribal councils was pretty was kind of cut and dry. Like it was really interesting to me that after the Hamosa one, that um, Matt was kind of like, wow, I never saw that coming. That was a massive blindside. So well, I saw it coming a mile off, and yeah, you know, I think so it, did I. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> um, so it was interesting that that you know whether he was just hamming it up for the camera or whether he actually did feel from the vibe he was getting there that that wasn't something that that he was expecting. I don't know, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, um, Ben, what was your kind of take on the on the two tribal councils? I guess is there anything you wanted to, to point out? I want to point out that uh, Jeff Probst never wears pants, does he? He always wears shorts. It feels weird seeing somebody in tribal council in like pants and was he in long sleeves at one point? Is that because he shat yeah, himself so much? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just I don't know. Just me looking at that weirdly. But I um, mean, you know, this is coming from the guy who spent a whole season counting the number of shirts Jeff Probst wore. So um, you know, that's just my <laughs> looking at the fashion sense. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, I think they, they looked, the, the vibe looked great. Um, you know, it just felt like a genuine tribal council. Uh, you know, Matt's questioning sort of started off slow, but he, he does build his way into it. Um, but yeah, I love that reaction shot of like, wow, I never saw Zeke coming. Um, it's like, uh, well, yeah, the audience probably did, Matt, but um, cool. Um, but <laughs> just the, 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 the parchments are just, oh my God. I like... I don't want to nitpick, but they just look really like this is an amateur survivor at that point. Just the way it's kind of the way they're folded. And there's actually an interesting article uh, I found on one of your New Zealand sites. Was it spinoff.co.nz? Uh, where basically this journalist is, or I don't know if you call them journalists on this website, blogger. Um, he's like written, he's uh, gone into a big thing about the fact that you need to talk about the paper. Even he's sort of saying how badly it is. Uh, you know, done. It, just, it felt weird. Like, not only the way he flips it, the way he does, but it's like folded into fours. And just the way he kind of looks like he's very robotic, but in a weirdly good way, is Matt when he does it. The way he kind of like does it. And look at his eyes. His eyes are like, you know, so far open. Like, Probst is so casual. Jonathan Lapali is so casual. But he's kind of like, opens it up. Hina! <laughs> just like, <laughs> Tony! <laughs> just the way he does it. Um,. But, you know, subtle little nitpick things there. But, yeah, I over the shoulder. <laughs> Fuck off, dickwad. Um, that's kind of what he needs to say, probably. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the New Zealand way, apparently. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying there as well. I mean, it'd be interesting to see because there must, there must have been a conversation here of, like, we want this to look the real deal. We want everything to kind of look awesome. And it's like... Are we going to fold these votes the same way? No, let's fold them vertically. Like there must have been a conversation. So it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall while they were talking about that. But um, Perez, is there anything kind of out of these tribal councils that you picked up on? No, I, I agree with what you guys said. Yeah, it sort of had like a Amazon vibe. The way that even the paper, it sort of looked very Australia season from the original Australian season. Uh, yeah, a little bit on the budjo side, a little bit. Yeah, so so while while we're actually sitting here talking about it, I've I've got the episode kind of rolling in the back here, and one of the other things that kind of cracks me up is um, when Matt's kind of giving his little speech after somebody's voted out, he's like still holding the snuffer, which is not something you kind of see with Jeff. Like Jeff kind of has this little hook that he puts the snuffer on, and we get back into it. It's just like it's almost like some kind of like Mortal Combat thing. It's like excellent move or something. It's just like just cracks me up, eh? Just like. It's just these funny little things that you know we're so used to things being quite formulaic and when anything kind of looks a, even a little bit out of place you like really notice it um, yeah it's just it, it's kind of funny so yeah i mean i guess we get through these tribal councils and um i mean is there anything we need to talk about before we get to redemption island it's, uh, it was pretty uh pretty ho-hum i think in the middle there wasn't anything that was of particular oh no sorry i'd I tell a lie we have to we have to talk about this disgusting fruit <laughs> what was that? Were they putting it in a pot, or what the hell were they doing with it? Were they stewing it, or I don't know? It seemed I think... like a mushy, mushed, uh, like giant papaya. 
Yeah. And yeah. The, and yeah. the one thing that I also wanted to point out too, which I found interesting, again, me just um, picking up on little subtle things, but there were two instances in both these episodes where the people were singing actual songs. And, like, this is a thing, yes. like, I know on the CBS one, which they're, they're told, don't sing songs. We have to pay royalties for that. Uh, I mean, is this, a, again, you guys are in a bit of trouble over there in New Zealand for using an Eminem song with one of your politician parties. Like, do you guys just not give a shit about copyright when it comes to music? <laughs> well, nobody cares about Billy Joel anymore, do they? I mean, that's not something that's... Well, important. well, but you I'm know, like... let, me, let me nay-nay. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. That was the so best thing. The... That was the greatest thing to see Salad, you know. Watch me whip, watch me nay-nay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah, definitely yeah. say, Salah is awesome. I want to be friends with that guy. That guy is somebody I want to hang out with and just chill. He seems like an awesome guy. Yeah, I just feel like I need to go and meet Salah and just like yes. have like a little sign with high Ben and yeah. just like hold it up for yeah, I think yeah. No, he's great. And one of the things that I loved about him, like in the second episode, he's got his buff on and like all his dreads are like sticking out the top, and he kind of looks like a pot plant. It's like so funny. Like <laughs> he just totally cracked me up. And he's so but, um, he's yeah. so like sorry. I just I know you're trying to get into this, but I just wanted to say um, to me, he's just so Kiwi. Like the way like the way he talks. Like in that second tribal council, he's like, oh yeah, I'm really torn, eh? Like, just the way he kind of, like, you know, he's got that real <laughs> stereotypical... I love it. I love it so much. Like, the way he's just like, oh, I'm really tossing up what to do here, eh? Like, oh, I just don't know what to do, eh? Like, just the way he says it. Like, oh, I love he's it. He's not Canadian. No, but, like, the A, the New Zealand A, bro, sort of thing. <laughs> not the Canadian... You know what I'm talking... You're a New Zealander! The way you're saying it, he makes them sound Canadian. I'm getting too <laughs> confused in these episodes, given how apologetic you are. So, but yeah, like Sala, if you listen to this Sala, like you're invited to my house anytime you want. Bring the wife, bring the kids, bring everybody in your youth group, because uh, you're awesome. I want to hang out with you. I want to come to Christchurch and chill with Sala. That's a t-shirt. I think I want to go to Christchurch <laughs> and chill with Sala. Get it, mate. Um, Get yeah, it, mate. Totally, totally, totally agree. He is. Uh, he's. He's definitely good fun. But one of the other things we do need to just pick up on before we get to this redemption island is just like this weird scene where Izzy's suddenly sick and she's got like a bandage on her arm, so she's obviously had medical treatment, and she's just like this kind of like, like corpse like lying on the beach and everybody's like taking a turn to go and make sure she still has a pulse and it's like it's so weird like we just don't really get any introduction as to why she was like this um yeah and it's it's just quite strange and so i don't know if this is going to play into the episodes later on i mean obviously we know she got through the next boat so i'm kind of feeling like she's out of the woods now so it's going to be interesting to see if that actually has any purpose Mm. i mean i don't know what you thought the only reason for putting it in if it's gonna um, mean anything is that it's gonna pop up again as a reason to get rid of her. That was the only thing I could think of. Yeah, I did kind of wonder as well as maybe does she quit later on? And it's kind of like just building up the story as to why she quits because she was quite keen to be like, I don't think I can do this, blah blah blah. Um, so you know that could that could be something that happens as well is that you know she quits for something that's unrelated later on. But we're kind of just building a narrative that she is somebody that is thinking about quitting. That was mm. the other. Thing. Yeah. I don't know, Ben, did you have anything to add there? No, not really. I just think it was karma for giving the knife back. (laughs) All right, well, we'll rock into this Redemption Island and everybody's shocked, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, um, I I really enjoyed the challenge. I mean, obviously, it's one we've seen before, and it was, you know, the first Redemption Island challenge in Redemption Island season. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, um, nothing original about the challenge, but I thought they did a really good job. I thought it was well-filmed and... I think Matt called it really well, and you know we've got a few a few of the uh, inappropriate out of context. You know the poles long and strong, and 
all that kind of stuff, which is always good fun. Um, yeah, I mean, Ben, what was, do, you know, you enjoyed this Redemption Island. Jill was a good fun, good way to end the episode. Well, just quickly on what you're saying about the inappropriateness, uh, just a tip for Matt in future Survivor New Zealand seasons. Yeah, if you really want to be like Jeff Probst, you've got to drop in sexual innuendos. If you get challenges with balls, go to town. That's just generally what Jeff does. Uh, and you've got to thank ex Oslet Lancey Morris for pointing that out because I forever am scarred that uh, I now know that. Um, yeah, look, it was it was fine. It was, you know, it was a typical Redemption Island jewel. There's nothing really uh, extra to add on it. You know, super glad that Hannah won. That's nothing against D, um, you know, but I, I, I like Hannah, so it was great. Um, and, yeah, it was an interesting sort of the strategies of them both, wasn't it? How, like, sort of D laid it all out and then Hannah just sort of tied it up and went for it. Um, and... Yeah, it was. I love their reactions, kind of. You know, when they're they're talking to the other tribe, and as I said before, like Hannah, like rolling her eyes. You know, at Shay. what did she say at one point? Like, oh, no comment. Like when one of them said something. Um, but like, it always just makes me sad whenever I see a Redemption Island season that when they get eliminated, they have to burn their buff. That just, oh, I just get so mad at that. I'm like mad, sad, everything. I'm like, no, I don't want to burn this. I want to keep my buff. Oh my. Yeah, especially especially from um, you know like we know how much a buff costs. So yes. they're not they're not the cheapest things in the world. So they might not be able to get a replacement either. That's, that's a worry. That's the only thing that I would be pissed off about. Uh, well, not the only thing about being pissed off on a Redemption Island season, but like I would deliberately go by extra mile to make it to the final tribal council, so I never had to burn my buff. Like, can they can they just come up with something different? Like, I guess they can't snuff the torch. I've already done that, and I get it. But like, it's that's like such a collector's item as well. Like, not just the fact that it's a buff and they're expensive, but that's a worn on survivor buff. You know what I mean? It's kind of you know yeah. that, and and like even just coming from a production standpoint where they sell everything for charity. You know, even if it's not a case of the the cast member gets to keep it, you know, it's just, oh, it's just so sad seeing them. And I could imagine what Dee's thinking at that point, you know, because as such a fan, like, you know, she's lived and breathed Survivor, even though she says she was done with it at that point, I'm sure she wanted to keep the buff at the end of it. Like, I'd go running and screaming like, no, fuck you, man, I'm keeping my buff. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you there. That would that would suck. That would be like because you think, oh well, at least she got to be on the show. She got to wear it, you know, got to get a buff, and it's like, well, yeah, she did get to get a buff, but she didn't get to keep a buff because she had to burn it. So yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't actually thought about that. So um, yeah, Perez, anything that you wanted to add around the actual jewel itself? Did you enjoy what you what you were seeing there? Your first Survivor New Zealand challenge? Yeah, it was a Redemption Island jewel. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. That's it. I, if, for what you're saying about the, the how you can sympathise with D, if I was on Survivor, I would want to be eliminated by getting voted out and not getting eliminated at Redemption Island. Yeah. So that would suck for poor D. Oh, there we go. He yeah. said something yeah, nice. There we go. Yeah, and so we get this moment at the end where, you know, D's talking about, you know, she was a big fan of the show and... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it did kind of hit me in the feels a little bit because, yeah, like I say, this is one of the big reasons I didn't apply for the show because I just would have hated to have things kind of go out this way and, and yeah. But, you know, it is uh, it is what it is and um, see you, Dee. I mean, Dee, we'd, we'd love to talk to you if you're, if you're keen to talk to us. I know that you're probably not all that keen to talk Survivor at the moment, but when you are, we're definitely keen to talk to you. So all you've got to do is say the word and uh, we'd love to get you on for an interview. So... When the time's right, we will definitely be ready to talk to you. So we'll, we'll look forward to that. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that you, you do want to come and talk to us. So, yeah, and I mean, yeah. one of the other things that's quite interesting. 
yeah, is that we uh, we kind of we we end on a on a Redemption Island jewel, which is you know it's interesting on a number of levels because that's never how things ended on the American Survivor versions that had this. So you finish with that, which is which is strange and unusual, and uh, you also start the next episode in the middle of the day, right? So that's unusual as well. You know, not normal things to happen. So in a lot of ways, this is a really weird, unique episode because there's no immunity challenge. Um, you know, you've got two people voted out in the first episode. Um, there's a Redemption Island jewel in the first episode, you know, all things that you kind of haven't seen before. So it's, yeah, in, in a lot of ways it is really, uh, really different. I mean, yeah. I mean, Perez, what's your kind of take on, on this first episode overall? You know, you, did you kind of like it? Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. So if we if we're going to get into our you know the, the traditional kind of uh, Oz network, you know, it's a it's a buy it, a rent it, or a bin it. Like, what where would you be putting this one? I would definitely rent it. <laughs> Ooh, half critic, half critic. You thought, yeah. oh, that's good. Just the way the way you started that sentence off, I was so certain you were going to buy it. You were like, oh, I would definitely rent it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like to keep us guessing. That's all. <laughs> But uh, how about for you, Ben? Where are you going to put it? Uh, I I was going to say rent it. I wanted to kind of go in there with so much confidence. Oh, I love this episode. It was brilliant. It was so good. The greatest I've ever seen. So I would definitely rent it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you look, that's not to take away from it. I'm not saying by renting it, you know, it's not terrible. But I mean, rent is kind of your middle ground. I mean, it's... You know, it wasn't the greatest episode of Survivor I've ever seen. Like, if you have to be completely honest. I think we would all agree with that. And that's not saying it's bad. It was a great start for New Zealand Survivor. You know, a great start for a market of Survivor, which really, you know, as we've sort of discussed with you guys, is it's not really a show in New Zealand that is has been a thing for a while. You know, at least, at least in Australia, it's sort of still shown on the same day as the US and it's still a thing. Whereas, yeah, it's just not a thing in New Zealand. So for that to be how it was done, you know, if you were to said a couple of years ago, Surviving New Zealand is going to be a thing in a few years, you would obviously have a picture of it. And I think it exceeded so many expectations of what I initially thought it would be like when I first heard this was going to be a thing. So um, for that, it just it was definitely well done. But look, on the grand scheme of things as a Survivor fan and kind of, you know, holding a candle towards the US version, um, it's it's a renter. And look, I, I would be saying the same thing for the Australian version. I mean, people who know me, you know, I'm, I'm not the hugest fan of the Australian season they did last year. I think it was a middle-of-the-road season. A lot of people I've talked to in America will say that it's a better season than a lot of the American seasons, and I would strongly disagree with that. I don't think it was as good as some people say it was. This, to me, this New Zealand one, I would say at the same point of the Australian one, you know, two episodes in, I've probably enjoyed this more two episodes in than the Australian one. I know we're not getting to the second episode yet, but I'm just sort of long-winding my answer here. So, yeah, renting it, um, but that's not to try and say it was bad. Well, I'm going to buck the trend, and I'm I'm definitely going to buy it because I think you guys are holding it to a, a completely unrealistic standard. I mean, this thing is like we just didn't know what the hell we were going to get, and um, by any any real measure, this thing has exceeded all expectations in its first episode. You know, this is you know a million times better than I expected it would be, just in terms of production value. The cast is great, Matt's good. You know, I think they did a good job with the challenge. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not totally stoked about Redemption Island, but, you know, I think it works in this context. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we've had everything that we need out of a first episode. And I think we, as Survivor fans, have gotten a bit spoiled in, you know, the last few American seasons that we're getting blindsides almost from the first episode, you know. And that's kind of rare. Like, you know, if you think back to the first 
kind of 10, maybe even 15 seasons of Survivor, you didn't get, you know, right out of the gate, somebody getting blindsided and huge kind of drama in the first episode. That, that isn't normal. And so I think, you know, when you think about we don't have a history of a show in this country, this is an amazing episode and it is really, really good. So I'm definitely going to be buying it and um, screw what you guys think. <laughs> Burn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, let's let's move on into our, our second episode. Um, so yeah, we're getting into a bit more of a traditional episode here, where we're gonna, you know, we're gonna start off and we're gonna have um, our immunity challenge, and then into a tribal council to finish the episode. So it's a little bit more uh, traditional that you would find here. Uh, pretty Mogaton heavy episode. I mean, I don't know what you guys thought, but um, going into that immunity challenge, I was convinced Mogaton were going to tribal council because you know it had just been all about them. But when I actually stopped and looked at the time that we got that uh that immunity challenge i thought mm, maybe it's just because we're going to see everything we need to see from homosha in the second half of the episode but uh, my initial thoughts were right i think the only thing to kind of pick up on um you know and going back to the shay issue again is that in the preview um section of this episode is that we actually see shay's vote for hannah and you know we see her confessional to the camera which we didn't see um you know in, in the show itself so I, I think that's meaningful i guess we'll mm -hmm. find out if or not but to me i thought that was quite interesting so um yeah i mean kind of kicking into the second episode you know you know ben what were your kind of thoughts going into the second episode um i didn't really know a lot of what to expect just kind of how sort of unique the first episode was i, I felt definitely the second episode was very much your standard survivor episode and how it was done um you know again not saying the first episode wasn't completely but as we kind of discussed it was sort of you know the way it was sort of done was slightly different to what we generally expect um and it's interesting how you were kind of saying about how you assumed mogaton were, were definitely going to tribal i mean yeah i sort of got that i guess it was kind of a lot of the stuff but then we kind of got that throwaway line from nate when he was sort of saying about like you know oh, i could be in trouble and we sort of got a bit there so i guess that's just your red herring to kind of throw you away from it it's interesting when you were saying before about you know we're not getting a whole lot from the purple tribe i mean is that just not you know a survivor thing whoever's purple just doesn't get shown uh you know have to bring up purple kelly hello purple <laughs> kelly. um yeah. you know she's our bestie um but yeah i just think that's kind of funny but um yeah I, I guess it was interesting that sort of that uh previously on survivor bit where they did show shay sort of uh reading that vote uh which was a bit unique um and the, the previously bit was very long i think i timed it at least three minutes you know that's almost finale yeah. length of a previously like that was very much a an extended preview uh so uh thought that was interesting well, and i, think, I thought I... it was in yeah you go I, I, yeah, I think kind of to, to get what you're saying there, I, I think, um, you know, the American fans kind of, they don't need so much babying, whereas I think you've got a lot of ground to cover with the Kiwi audiences, is even though this was last night, you have to remind them what this game's actually about, you know, what's yeah. happening, there's Redemption Island, there, you know, there's a lot to cover for people that aren't familiar and can just pick the show up straight away and go with it. Yeah, and yeah. I, I definitely agree. I mean, I, there was plenty of things throughout these two episodes that I definitely felt was a you know, I mean, they could have easily taken the route of just assuming people watching this know Survivor, so we don't need to explain things. I mean, you look at the, you know, the immunity idol. You know, this is immunity idol. If you have it, all, everyone in your tribe is safe. Like, I mean, when does that ever get explained now? You know, so it's kind of just, yeah, little things like that. You're absolutely right. Um, and I guess the one thing I sort of, sort of found interesting was that, uh, you know, Hannah and Redemption Island... We just really got to see barely anything of her. I mean, it's kind of, I guess, kind of with how we've had Redemption Island seasons, it's hit or miss. It really depends who's on Redemption Island as to how much screen time we get of them, of course. 
But, um, you know, we really didn't get much from Hannah at all. You know, she was feeling a bit down, but, you know, she obviously felt a little bit better that she won and um, obviously, you know, looking forward. I just wanted to take... I just had to write this down because I thought they were awesome. Her fruit bikini bottoms. Did you notice those? Like the ones she was wearing on Redemption Island? They had all like little pineapples and little fruits on them and all that sort of stuff. Hannah, I know Hannah listened to our first episode, as I said before. And Hannah, I just wanted to let you know, I love them. They were awesome. Just the little fruit pictures on them. Um, I, I want to see you wearing more of those. I hope you keep wearing those ones because they were awesome. Props to you. Do you have any of the rotten fruit on there, though? So no, that's, that's no. a little bit yeah, that's why, that's why yeah. you know, they've got rotten fruit because they voted out Hannah with a cool, you know, bikini bottom fruit pants. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of, one of the things I kind of... Oh, sorry. You, you go, Prez. No, you go, you go. Oh, you know, I was just going to make a real quick point there about something that Ben was saying that, you know, the, the audience is a little bit a little bit babied as to, you know, what this is all about. And uh, I think one of the things I, I really liked in that first tribal council is uh, Matt's like, now you're all going to go up one by one and vote. And it's like, it would have been funny if they're like, what do you mean? I thought we all just go up as a team and just all vote together. Like, it's just kind of funny <laughs> like, the, way, the way he kind of worded that. So, yeah, I, there's a couple of moments like that in these first couple of episodes. It's like, this is what the show is actually about, you know. And, yeah, it's kind of quite funny because, you know, we obviously know about it but there'd be lots of kiwis who have never seen this before and are tuning in because they know somebody who's on the show or whatever it might be so yeah i i I think it's it's going to be funny to see how much of that we get as the thing goes on but um yeah i mean perez you're you're about to make a point so i'll let you go ahead and make that instead of cutting it in front of you all the time that's all right Uh, at redemption island though did i see like water cooler jugs there i didn't notice that uh possibly (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't look as um, horrendous as the, like the Redemption Island that uh, Matt was at for so long. Well, there was a shelter it, there. Like, did Hannah build that, or I mean, what was that? I don't know. Well, it's I not mean, an I island. Let's be honest, show. it's not an island either. Uh, <laughs> it's, ne- it's never, it's never been an island, though, has it? I mean, that, I thought it wasn't one like... of the seasons, wasn't it? No, am I just imagining that? <laughs> I'm just I'm just watching it now, so yeah. There's definitely a, a very um, well put together shelter there, which we have to assume that Hannah kind of didn't put together herself. Um, I'm not seeing any water jugs, but if it suddenly pops up while we're talking, I'll uh, I'll make sure to note it. But yeah, I mean, for me, this would be the, this would actually be the ideal thing: is get voted out and then be left alone for a, you know like 30 days. Um, you know, and some fool comes every now and then, and then you beat them. That's kind of that's kind of what I think would would be a good scenario for me, not having to deal with people and and all that kind of thing. So yeah, there's lots of reasons I didn't apply for the show. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, um, so I guess like, like I was saying, there's a lot of mogaton in this this episode, and we kind of get the the kind of is it, are we calling him Avi or are we calling him Avi? I think it's Avi, right? Uh, yeah, Avi. I'm going to leave that to you. And too. So <laughs> yeah, so obviously we kind of we kind of kick into this pretty pretty quickly. You know, we get lots of of um, of Avi in this episode, and you know he's got to he's suddenly realised he's got to turn up and start playing the game and blah blah blah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but I just kind of see Avi and Tom as like sitting ducks, like. They might have gotten away this episode, but it doesn't feel like these guys have been set up to to be long term players in this game. I, I, I mean, yeah, Perez. I mean, what are you thinking? Did you did you kind of get that vibe as well, or do you think this is the start of something a bit bigger for these two? I think, uh, well, I think to- that's accurate when it comes to Tom. I don't get that vibe about Arby. I think he'd be another one to watch alongside Shay. He seemed. Uh, 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 when he was going on about how he just couldn't vote for Tom, it was like, oh my god, man, how long have you known him? Three days. Get over it. Um, 
he sort of he didn't seem as uh, razor sharp when it came to the game as I was expecting him to be. But I think he's got, he's savvy enough that he might be able to maneuver his way quite far. So I'm impressed with him at the moment. That could change. Not so much Tom, but I, I think the Avi Tom mixed with Shay could. Something could happen there that could see them sticking around for a while. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I, I, I just, I couldn't really get a story from Arby on this one as to whether or not he was kind of in on what was happening and he was, you know, being quite, um, you know, like diplomatic and making sure he had relationships everywhere or whether he was just kind of out of the loop and realised it and was like in this desperate hunt to make sure he was in on it. And, um, you know, it's just interesting to me that, you know, Arby just feels like he's kind of running around like a headless chicken, whereas these these women are just like totally in control and, you know, like just completely schooling everybody else and just sitting back letting these guys completely cock up. And, um, yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. I guess probably the only exception there is Salah. I mean, Salah definitely feels like he's in on the main group here. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to get a lot of Tony in this episode as well. And, Ben, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you're a Tony fan, if you've enjoyed what you've seen in these first two episodes, but um, pretty touching scene at the start where he's, he's actually in tears about having voted out Hannah, that she didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, that, it's kind of really... Um, there's more layers to this guy than I expected. You know, I think we talked about him being like the Kiwi Rudy and he would just come in and, you know, it was going to be a bit one note. But, you know, I, I've actually really enjoyed what I've gotten out of Tony and I was gutted to see him get voted out because I think he's he's offering a whole lot. How can you not be a Tony fan? Uh, <laughs> Tony's awesome. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely different to what I think I was anticipating. I want to start a trend, though, with Tony. Uh, I'd like to get the hashtag, hashtag smile Tony, uh, started because I don't think we've seen yeah. that face face like even remotely crack any form of a smile. Um, you know, I guess you would argue by the end of this episode he's got nothing to smile about, but like you know, and some of the other bits and the here and there, like you know, he could crack a little bit of a smile. Looks like he's had a tough life, but you know, there's stuff to be happy about. Tony, you're a survivor, um, but it's it's, it's interesting going on in both these episodes. You know, it's 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 weird sort of how he, I guess wasn't really targeted for being, like, the leader, like, the bossy leader. And, I mean, I guess he wasn't really bossy-bossy because people kind of respected his input, whereas, like, you know, it's kind of a trope, isn't it, on Survivor, that you don't come out and be that person because generally you're going to be the target. I mean, look at Des on the Australian Survivor as well. Like, it's just kind of... It it even kind of usually comes straight out there to to hurt you, but it's it's interesting sort of the reasons behind his vote out and how that all happened, and I do love his reactions, though, like you know, sort of the way Salah's kind of, like, talking to him about it, and he's like, oh, you know, well, if you vote me, if you do this, oh, I'm not threatening you, but... <laughs> just like yeah, but I'm totally threatening you. But then I love yeah. how he, like... I loved how he, like, went around to every single person and was like, I heard my name's in the block. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like he was trying to sway people or that sort of stuff to vote, not vote him out. He was basically telling people off. Like, don't vote me out or you will pay. Like, I mean, it just it was an interesting <laughs> way he, he went about it. Rather than scrambling, he's just yelling at people. But, I mean, there's just something well, about him that I just, oh, I just like Tony. But, yeah, so you go ahead. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that is interesting here is that, you know, I think because we haven't had a big enough kind of sample size, we actually don't really know if Redemption Island is a tool that you can kind of use, you know, to kind of scare people or change the way they vote. And I think I, I don't think it was in any way, you know, a a kind of 
thing that he was doing on purpose to try and get people to do that. But, you know, I think Tony, by going around going, look, if you put me on Redemption Island, I, you know, I promise you I'm going to win my way back into this game and I'm not going to side with you. So don't send me. And I think there's actually something to that a little bit, you know, that um, that could that could actually be a strategy that works, you know. And I think, I don't know, I mean, it all depends on who follows him out the door there. But you can see Tony being somebody that could run the tables and get back in this game. And, you know, I don't really know if we're looking at a situation where somebody's coming back in at the merge and then maybe back in again at kind of final six or final five i mean we don't really know so depending on when that person comes back in um i can see tony being that person so it's it's uh, it's not the smartest move in the world but it is a legitimate way of, of playing especially if you think you're your back's up against the wall and it's the last move that you've got you might as well just throw it out there and say hey look you know, if you vote me out, then it's going to cost you in the end, you know. And obviously the other thing, too, is you can say, look, if you vote me out, I'm going to go to Redemption Island and I'm going to spill, spill the guts, tell the whole other tribe what the plan is. You know, you can use those tools. And, um, you know, so I think Tony's doing the best he can with, with a bit of a bad hand. I mean, he surprised me that he actually went out and, and had a go at it. The, the thing I just wanted to quickly say is that what interested, what intrigued me in that sort of, the situation where they're talking about sort of voting between Tom and, and Tony. Um, and I just want to quickly point out, like, the, the Tom, like, let's all target Tom. Did we even get an inkling behind that? It just seemed to be a random thing from the very first episode. Yeah, we don't trust Tom. Let's get rid of him. Um, but anyway, that's just, I just wanted to quickly add that. But it's, it, and again, this is, again, very early days. And kind of, as you are saying, maybe this is something that we just haven't really gotten the vibe of it. But there was no kind of thought process as to, yeah, if we vote them out, though, they're going to be in Redemption Island. And again, is this just the fact that it's not being warmed up into it? Is this, you know, they're not big Survivor fans, so they don't know the sort of the knowledge behind Redemption Island? Because, you know, I mean, that's a big thing in Redemption Island seasons. It's kind of, that's the extra strategy, you know, the one, you know, I'm, I've always been indifferent on Redemption Island, but it's kind of, it does add a, add a uniqueness to that vote out that it's like, you've really got to think about it a little bit more because it's not just a case of they're gone. Like, this is a case of this person could come back and get me later on in the game. And especially Tony, who is walking around basically yelling at people, saying, don't fucking do this. And then we see, like, next week how angry he is. Like, this is definitely someone you don't want to bite them in the ass later on. Like, you, you think Hannah's pissed. Like, this is Tony. Like, he's he's not definitely going to be someone who is uh, going to take this too lightly should he get back in the game. I tend to maybe disagree with you slightly about him coming. I think Hannah is going to be there for a little bit yet. I don't think he will survive next week. Um, but, yeah, it's just I just find, found it interesting how there was no strategy involved in this vote-out around the fact that the person voted out has to go to Redemption Island. But you can see the potentials there. I mean, you can see that he is somebody that could end up, you know, winning several times and, and being a bit of a threat. And, sure. You know, he doesn't sure. even have to be... He doesn't even have to be the one that actually comes back. If he's like, if he goes on a bit of a run, then suddenly the tribe's thinking like, we actually need to put somebody on there who can beat Tony because if Tony comes back, then that's going to cause us all sorts of problems. But, you know, if we vote, I don't know, if we vote Lou out and she beats him and she comes back and we might have a chance of kind of working with her. And so it's just all those kind of extra layers of the game that, you know, you kind of don't think about, um, and you know, until you kind of got this Redemption Island thing happening. But it'd be good to see, though. It'd be good to see that happen in a season. Yeah, and I mean, we just we haven't had it because, I mean, I guess the two seasons where we've had it without the kind of blood versus water element, um, they've been such, you know, these two big alliances on either tribe and it's just been kind of run the table. And so those kind of extra wrinkles haven't really been there. Um, so, 
there's a potential for the the Kiwis to actually kind of push the boat out here and actually make this a really big part of the game. So it'll be interesting to see if they actually do that. Yeah. So I mean, we um, we're probably skipping over a little bit. That we are getting a little bit of stuff that's happening at Hamosa. It's um, to me, I think this is probably the weakest part of this episode. Is that we we're not seeing a whole lot, and you know, I guess we're getting this whole thing with. Um, you know, Captain Sparrow. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you guys thought of that, but it, it kind of just felt pretty kind of corny to me. And um, I, I think we just have to turn over to Perez here because we know how much he loves Mike already. So let's let's just let him go for it. You know, how much did you love that? Oh, I loved it so much, Mike. You're amazing. <laughs> you're you're so smart, Mike. Good on you. I'm glad you're there. Not. <laughs> Uh, ben, do you kind of find it strange that suddenly we've got these two older people on the outs and we kind of didn't even really get into how that happened? It was just like these these two are kind of on the outside and, yeah, I mean, we get these sh- Like, there are so many shots in this episode of, like, um, of Nate kind of sleeping and there's kind of one where, I'm pretty sure it's Barb, like, sleeping, like, and she's got kind of like a mosquito net over her face and it just looks like this dead body in a morgue. Like, they're really <laughs> kind of like this these shots of these two like you know just really implying that they're useless which is I, I don't think you get that from the episode from the challenge you know like they don't appear to be to be useless at all so uh, you know i'm just trying to decide whether or not to buy into into what mike's saying or not you know is this are we being set up for mike to kind of take control of this or are we being set up for mike to kind of be blindsided i like i liked I liked how he put all that. Like, I, I kind of, I don't, you know, it's almost like a bit of a Philip Shepard specialist kind of thing, giving people nicknames, yeah. you know. And, um, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's weird kind of with a lot of people on Hermosa. It's like, I don't really have enough of them to have a real vibe of them. Like, someone like a Lee, like, I feel like I just, I keep looking at his name here on my list and thinking, who was Lee again? And just kind of, you know, just not knowing a lot. And then sort of like, you know, with a Georgia and, you know, a Shannon, like, they're kind of very interchangeable to me at this early point. Um... But yeah, like, I, I liked his little thing there where he's like, you know, is my last name Sparrow, you know, just like Captain Sparrow, my first mate, you know, Jack the Parrot. Um, and it's kind of, it was, I liked it, but it just felt, I don't say force, force isn't the right word. It just felt out of place because it felt like we needed more of a build up to see him being like that. And it was just kind of, if he's going to be kind of that quirky sort of guy who's creating, you know, alliances for that, I feel we need to see more of that. But it was just kind of, it was thrown in there, haha, <laughs> you know, that's great. But then I was like, oh, okay, That then it was forgotten about. Um, so, I mean, that was just kind of my vibe with that. And, like, it's interesting with, like, Barb, because, like, I mean, we talked her up. We love Barb. You know, she seemed great. But then we're just not seeing anything of her, which is kind of sad. And, yeah, like, that's, it does kind of seem weird how we've got, like, a couple of, you know people sort of on the outside and that's kind of going back to my point about how next week it's like the gen y alliance and and i don't know if this is a a a sort of a a survivor new zealand they're still very fresh behind it um you know so there there are things that maybe they're just accidentally missing out or that sort of stuff maybe just a few mistakes because i mean survivor is a show where there shouldn't be plot holes because it's so tightly edited there's always a story like the the way a survivor season is edited it tells a story. And that's why generally, if you rewatch any season of Survivor, it doesn't have to be the US one, the Australian one, you know, I'm sure the English one or, you know, the Israeli version. Like, you know, if you know who wins and you pay attention to that winner from the very first day, you can see why they won that show. That's what it's going to tell you. There's only very few exceptions in the US version where there are still plenty of plot hole questions. But even then, it comes down to a debate amongst Survivor fans. It's still wrapped, tightly wrapped. 
And I just kind of feel that there are a few things in these episodes that are maybe seeping through the cracks. And I think that's one of them because, yeah, it felt like that was just out of, you know, there wasn't that explanation. And it's, there's so much, the thing that I noticed about these two episodes is that there's so much emphasis on strategy, which I guess is a survivor thing now in modern survivor compared to old and survivor. But a lot of the strategy kind of, some of it seemed to be out of place, if you know what I mean. Like, it just seemed like, let's show everybody talking about what the potentials are. But, I mean, do you guys even feel that there are solid alliances? I don't know if I can come out of these two episodes and really feel we've got super solid alliances. It feels like we meant to feel that on Hermosa, isn't it? But, as you were saying, it just kind of feels like it's higgledy-piggledy. So, I mean, that's kind of a very, again, long-winded answer on what you asked me there, Nick. But um, that's just kind of my vibe I got from it. And that's not to try and be super critical of it, because, again, it's very early days. This is their very first attempt on it, and I think they're doing far beyond expectations. But, again, there are just a few minor things here and there that I think are definitely showing if you are really analysing this and comparing it up to the US version, which, again, Nick, as you said, is probably unfair to do. Oh, okay. Um, um... (laughs) Rewind. Let's hear that again. (laughs) I've completely forgotten the question I asked now, but that's okay. Um, I think you asked how I was. Um... Yeah, Yeah, that was like three days ago. Yeah, yeah, but I I do kind of agree. I think we're just getting a lot of set up in these... um, early early part for this this purple team and we we kind of don't know where it's going to go like to me i i don't feel like it's just going to be nate and barb bang bang gone because that just feels too obvious like it feels like these guys aren't thinking about it until they get to a vote which makes a lot of sense you know they're just kind of getting along but you can kind of see like these people being a little bit turned off by mike because he's you know he's just been too in control they don't like that him and georgia are really close so you know the likes of lee we don't really know where lee's head's at at the moment um and so you know we've just got to kind of see where it all plays out we haven't really heard a lot from jack yet so we've just got to kind of wait and see i guess and, and kind of figure out where we go from there but um yeah i mean i think we've probably talked enough about what we've seen before this challenge so like, let's get into the challenge a little bit and um it's a pretty good one and um this is actually something i said on the um on the live tweets yesterday so i'm i'm, I'm quoting myself but i thought it was funny and um kiwis will get this I, ben is not going to get this but um perez do you think that that hidden immunity idol, oh sorry the immunity idol looks a bit like thingy i, I can see why yes <laughs> yes yep. it does yeah i feel like yep. i need okay, an explanation here uh, <laughs> I'll 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 send I'll send you a photo Ben and you can decide if you think uh, it looks like thingy but um, yeah no I think that, again like this is our first chance to really kind of see a challenge and how it's run and and all that kind of thing and I I think it actually looked looked pretty good i mean I, I don't know what you guys thought but i i really enjoyed what we got here i mean i hate these blindfold challenges because it just feels like somebody is going to get like seriously hurt and we see like somebody at one point doing like the shuffle with like literally his hands in front of his balls you know because he just doesn't want <laughs> to get, get hurt and so you know we that, that is pretty hilarious but um yeah i mean i mean Prez, what was your take on the challenge did you enjoy it I, I like the blindfolded challenges right from um, Jerry screaming at Amber in season two to uh, <laughs> Jeff Varner smashing himself up in Cambodia. I think the blindfolded stuff is good. I like it. Um, I, I like the challenge. It sort of seemed a little less uh, polished look-wise compared to the American version. It sort of said, you know how like if that challenge was going to be in an American season, You'd expect it to be in a big field with lots of space. This sort of seemed like it was in the backyard-ish, not 
like a big sprawling challenge, which is fine. I like the look of it. I, I, I liked it. I did like it. And I, um, I didn't like how Georgia, I might be jumping ahead. Oh, not Georgia. What's her name? Lou. How she completely put the blame on the two pulley dudes and took no responsibility for that. I thought she should have. I think that um, Tony should have blamed her a little bit or pulled her into the blame circle. But other than that, I thought it was good. I'm not laughing at you. Nick just sent me the photo of that thingy thing. What the fuck is that? (laughs) He's a national treasure. Yeah, yeah. I'm you sorry know, I'm laughing whole... at the greatest thing New Zealand's ever produced, but, like, that is, that is, is it a turtle? I mean, what is it? Well, you know, you know that, um, you know that, um, storyline on The Simpsons where they have, like, Itchy and Scratchy and then Poochie. Yeah, yeah. And you know how, like, you know, at the end of that, like, Poochie goes back to his home planet? Like, yeah. that is literally what happened to this character. When they decided <laughs> to retire it from, like, New Zealand Entertainment, they, they sent it back to its home planet. Like, that's not a joke. Thingy is a puppet which was used as an unofficial ambassador and icon for New Zealand children's television during the 1990s. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, were you asking me a question there, Nick, as well, or was I just jumping in with Thingy? <laughs> I'm, just, no, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled by New Zealand children's you, culture. You just started, well, you started laughing, so we had to kind of follow up on what Sorry. you were laughing about. Sorry. That's about, that's about as far as we got. But, um, yeah, I mean, now, now you're, you're no longer a thingy virgin. You know how that works. So, uh, good for you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, did, did you enjoy the challenge? I mean, before you answer that, I'll probably kind of pick up that. Um, I do kind of agree with what Perez is saying there a little bit, that it did feel a little bit small scale. But I think probably that's a – I don't know. I feel real bad saying that because I think it looked really awesome. But I guess because we're used to seeing this one as like a reward challenge, um, mm. So, and I don't know. I don't know why that should make a difference. Like, it, it shouldn't make any difference at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I for, for my money, I really enjoyed it. I just I hate seeing these guys like smash into things. I'm like, oh, like if I was on this, I would just be like not wanting to compete basically because I just would not want to risk an injury. You know, doing some stupid immunity challenge. You know. So I, yeah, um, I mean. Yeah, sorry, Nick, uh, you hadn't finished your no, sentence. No, go ahead. What were, you, what were your thoughts? Um, I just really quickly, it's still on thingy, uh, literally in Google Images. <laughs> there, there was obviously an article on our new favourite website, the thespinoff.co.nz. Um, they did an article on who will host Survivor New Zealand. And there's a picture of some guy in, like, Jeff Pro Survivor hat and thingy wearing the Survivor hat. I'm literally sending that to you guys on Facebook. Our listeners at home are having no idea what they're like. We'll have to put thingy in our article on our website. <laughs> um, but, um, sorry, that was just random. Um, the blindfold chat, look, again, I feel like I'm in the middle. Like, I mean, I can kind of get Nick's point. I, can, I, I just, I, I'm, maybe I'm sadistic. I like seeing people get hurt. But um, it's just kind of funny. Uh, it just always reminds you of all stars, you know, Rob Sestanino. Damn it! Like, when they're, like, <laughs> they're all getting smacked into. But this is, you know, when Matt shines. Like, oh, Avi takes one for the team! <laughs> like, just the way he's like... Oh, he's loving it. Um, I didn't think it looked too bad, yeah. though. I, I kind of think the, the sort of the scale of it was actually pretty decent. I thought it was, um, you know, for a... I guess really their first real challenge. I think it, it was a good way to start. My only thing with, and this is, you know, not a criticism on the, the New Zealand version. This is just a criticism of Survivor in general. It's, I almost feel like challenges are, are kind of obsolete in many ways. And like, I, I kind of, I think it was Noah who really got me onto this viewpoint when he used to be, you know, with us on Survivor Oz. Um, and it's, 
I, I, I kind of get that vibe, particularly when there's never original challenges anymore. And, I mean, that's kind of a lot of the beauty of the early days of Survivor. You're seeing these for the first time. And, yeah, I get it. You get a certain amount of time into a show like this. You kind of have to redo them all the time. But there are so many challenges over the years that we've only ever seen once. Uh, let's bring up Tangrams from Thailand, one of my personal favourites. The Kite Challenge from Marquesas. Like, why don't we ever see that again? Um, there are better examples than those two. But it's just, it's just it's a bit of fatigue when it comes to these challenges. And, again, this is nothing to do with Survivor New Zealand. It is just survivor in general and there's probably not a way you can fix this this is just what we have to do but it was i enjoyed the fact that it was so close um you know i got a real sort of south pacific vibe from the fact that that these two teams look very evenly you know challenge you know evenly weighted towards each other um i i found it interesting what you're saying there perez about how lou put the blame on to Salah and and to Tony. I I think that was very strategic of her. I think that was actually a good move of her to do that Um, because, you know, generally it is is the caller who gets the blame um, and in no way did anybody blame her at all. So I think she played that beautifully. Uh, And, you know, I think that's kind of going back to what Nick was saying about at Tribal Council, the way she, you know, answered the questions. Um, And again, she's 19 and, like, she just... She owned that, so... Um, it was interesting though, I found the fact that that was a thing, like, this to me didn't really seem like a challenge that you could blame anyone but the caller, um, and then somehow, you know, that played into a big thing of that, oh, yeah, he didn't pull the rope very well, um, so, like, it's, that's why we lost, they were so close, they were so close though, but, um, I enjoyed the challenge, I thought it was, it was good. I guess for me, it was kind of like the whole tortoise and the hare thing. Is that I, I thought Hermosa were quite slow, but they were accurate. Like, they didn't make many mistakes. They just kind of plotted away. You know, you didn't see them kind of lose anything off the platform or go the wrong way. Whereas, you know, like, if you go back and watch that, you kind of see um, Mogaton just, like, sprinting out the whole time, but just, like, smashing into stuff and, like, just in too much of a hurry to get things up the platform. And, like, they were just, like, going a mile a minute and actually not, slowing down and, and focusing so yeah i think that's probably you know that's that's probably what was behind it they were actually really close and if Mogaton had actually just been a little bit more careful they probably would have won it because there wasn't much in it so yeah i mean uh you know hermosa win the immunity thingy and um we actually get like a quite quite a rare thing which is like we actually have a couple of little scenes with hermosa like after they win the challenge which you don't really see on american versions you know it's basically like immunity challenge over you know go back to the losing tribe for the rest of the episode so there's just one little thing i wanted to point out ben because i thought this would make you laugh is that before we leave hermosa for this episode is um when we go back to uh, captain sparrow talking about and he was talking about his deck hands and i thought it just reminded me of that you know the Say new again, zealand Nick? deck just just for our uh, <laughs> listeners at home who speak English, uh, he said deck hands, <laughs> not what you think he said. <laughs> Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, the New Zealand accent. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. You need to be careful how you say deck hands because that could really go wrong. Um, yeah, people out anyway, there, people they have to look up the YouTube. It's a, an ad. I think just type in New Zealand deck ad and yeah, you will see one of the funniest things you will ever see in your life. <laughs> Even as a Kiwi, it is hilarious. I do really find that funny. So, yeah, I mean, let's move uh, back into uh, Mogaton and we're going to get into some pretty pretty heavy strategy stuff. And, I I mean, I actually can't keep track of what the hell's going on here, to be honest. I I really don't know how, like, this this turned into being... Like, how on earth did Tony end up in this situation? Like, Perez, can you just actually just talk me through how the hell this happened? Well, I think that Tony, how they showed him 
um, being a little bit like BB saying, do this, do that, da 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 da. Um, I think that was why they went for Tony instead of Tom. I don't understand why Izzy wasn't a question or even. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. Um, I think Tony would have been the easy. Well, they went with Hannah the first time because she was the fat girl. Then they go and go with Tom. Oh, Tony, sorry, because he's the old guy. I think that. Um, I think this team might be. Uh, physically minded when it comes to their strategy, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's it's a hard one to me. I just I, I mean I actually just couldn't really follow what the hell's going on. And you know, for me, I think it's really interesting because I saw a lot of that whole thing about you know it's it's strength versus trust, and you know like quite often in situations like that, you know trust wins out, and you you tend up you, you vote for the people that you trust, and that's why we see a lot in you know, early votes in the American one is that it, it ends up being somebody who's strong, but people don't trust them. And so I was getting the Tom's going vibes quite a lot here. And I actually was like, is Arvi maybe even going here? Like, uh, I just didn't really understand how this turned into a Tony thing. And yeah, you're totally right. Like, what on earth happened that it suddenly is he's not even in the discussion? It was it was quite strange, really. Um, I mean, Ben, how did you follow this whole thing? Did, did it kind of make sense to you? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty much on the same page as both of you there. It sort of, yeah, it did seem to come out of sort of nowhere. I mean, I, I kind of felt just with the talk of the challenge, sort of it went there. And I mean, I kind of feel he dug himself a bit of a hole in terms of just the way, yeah, he kept going off at people and maybe that kind of escalated. But just the fact that his name's brought up in the first place. Um, I mean, I'm still, as a, you know, jokes, all jokes aside, the way I mentioned it before, I'm still confused as to why Tom is just this big target. You know, it's just kind of, it's just there. And it's just, oh, we don't trust Tom. And it's like, well, why don't you trust Tom? Well, we I haven't. Think- well, I think to go to that, Ben, I think one of the things that you actually see in, in this episode, and, and I saw in the first episode as well, is that, and obviously this is an editing thing as opposed to what it might actually be happening, is that you see a lot of shots of Tom on his own or with Arvi and with nobody else, and you know you don't get a lot of Tom interacting with people. Um, right. Whereas you see Tony, you know, Tony talks to everybody, and you know you see Izzy talking to everybody. Like, uh, you know, Izzy's obviously quite well liked, which I think is you know that's what's saving her from being a target. Whereas I think it's quite easy for Tom. Like, I think Tom just expects, oh, like I'm a strong person, nobody's going to be targeting me. And you know, like you just even when he is talking to people, like the body language, he's obviously done something which just doesn't make people really kind of gravitate towards him. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is. There isn't been like a one moment where you're like, oh, yeah, that's what it is. But he's definitely putting off some vibes there that people aren't liking. So, yeah, I don't know. The thing that, I mean, I think overall with all this kind of how this strategy, and going back to what I was saying about how, you know, we seem to get shots of strategy that don't seem to make sense but are just put in there, I think I think in the grand scheme of things and just the overall gameplay, it's going to work out as a very interesting and fascinating season to watch because... You know, I liken this day to like a Samuel Del Sur. I mean, I'm a big Samuel Del Sur fan. And to me, that was a season filled with, you know, players that didn't necessarily know the game that well, but still made it entertaining. And it's kind of, you know, it's a, it's a nice change from a season where you're just filled with these, you know, game bot strategists who are just, you know, blindsides and idols and splitting the votes and just, you know... I enjoy that too. But sometimes it's just yeah. nice to take a step back and see a bunch of people who 
and again, this is not to say that there's not fans of Survivor on this show, but a lot of this is obviously new to them. So it's kind of, it's just interesting how this is all taking about. And it's interesting kind of press how you say, like, yeah, they've gone after the fat girl. They've gone after the old guy, the very cliche old school Survivor mentality. And it's sad to see that in a way, but it's also kind of refreshing just on the fact that it's, again, very old school mentality, physical mentality, how people used to think. And I was with you there, Nick, how, like, with the whole Tom, like, kind of that, you know, you go back to Marquesas when Hunter gets voted out, like, huge blindside shock, like, one of the biggest shocks of all time, because you don't take out the strong alpha male so early on. Nowadays, it's just common. It happens. So it's kind of, it's it's an interesting balance how they're, they're doing it. But, um, yeah, I... I didn't fully get the, the, the whole thing with Tony 2. Um, again, it's sort of, it's going to make it very unique for Redemption Island. I think we've got a perfect Redemption Island set up with, you know, Tony and Hannah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, they're a very fascinating tribe, Mogaton. Uh, there's definitely no shortage of, uh, likable people and people to sort of get around, you know, even you would say Tom's Mr. and, you know, visible loan or whatever you want to say but i mean even you still feel you kind of get a bit from tom if you know what i mean and Avi, like i yeah he seems like a a, a good guy uh, i'm kind of on both your pages there in terms of like i can see him going far and all that sort of stuff too and i didn't really get a vibe that he might go home this episode but um i don't know i uh, was Ar- Avi was the one who never lived in wellington right he was the one who was like all around the world and just sort of showed back up yeah. to this before he yeah. went away um but yeah, it's it's just the the, the intro. Again, I'm just going sidetracked here on what you originally asked me. Yeah, I don't fully understand what <laughs> the Tony vote was. There you go. That's how you answer a question quickly, Ben. This is why I host and I don't answer. Yeah, questions. well, I think I, I think you might be right that we, you know we've still got to remember that this is only like day three or day four or whatever it is, and these guys are just it's, they're still playing the anybody but me thing. And I think we we sometimes forget that like because we're into the second episode and you know you kind of just assume these guys have been together for a week and they actually haven't you know we're still talking first three days these guys are still detoxing from you know actually going into this game and you know i think it's just a i've got to survive this vote type of thing and if somebody's name gets chucked out and it's you know it's tony that guy's kind of annoying he's always telling me what to do and you know i might be happier and better off if he's not around so i'll just jump on with it and just go with it so yeah i mean we kind of we kind of see him kind of fight for his life here a little bit, which is which is pretty impressive. And I guess the other big storyline going on here is is around Salah. And I mean, um, Perez, what was your kind of take with the whole Salah thing? Of you know, I've made a I've made a promise and blah blah blah. I mean, was that kind of in, just in keeping with his character? You know, I mean, that's what you expect, or you know, did well, you... yeah, yeah, that was that sort of seems like the easy choice. But I get from him, I I see is something there with him that I could see as being opposite of that i would i wouldn't be surprised if he turns around and then it's like okay shay out that would wouldn't surprise me but i i don't know why people come into play survivor with the whole i want to be a good guy good guy good guy i've got morals because what when when you set up things that you're not gonna do or you're not even gonna entertain the idea of doing what did you come to win? Like what? I don't get it. Yeah, but I, I mean, I guess this is the whole the whole thing that makes the show so fascinating, and this is why the uh, the show got better ratings than than The Bachelor did in its first weekend. Ha! <laughs> Suck on that one. Um, but you know, <laughs> is that it's so it's compelling, you know, because people are having to make 
really tough decisions about you know yeah. who they are and you know how this kind of re- you know represents them and it's not just about going out and and you know just winning that people actually want to win and feel good about what they've done as well you know that they've got to live with what they've done and you know i mean you get this all the time in the american version that people make these real close friendships really quickly and they're like oh i can't turn my back on that person and they get to like a family visit and like one of their family members is like you've only known this person for a month like what are you thinking just vote this person out and they're like, oh yeah that's right you know because it just becomes their entire world you know while they're there there's there's nothing else but this game and so it just becomes all consuming and it's one of those yeah. things that you know as viewers we just we can't get that sense because we just aren't there and um you know so that can be kind of hard to get across on the screen i think a little bit but um we head into this tribal council and i mean we i mean ben were you kind of like on on tenterhooks or do you kind of think you knew what what was going to happen um i kind of did assume tony was going i didn't sort of um yeah just kind of how it was all sort of played out um you know, I mean, it wouldn't have surprised you if Tom had gone, you know, kind of, and he then would have really been that sort of second boot, not seen a whole lot from, but a bit, in, you know, enough to sort of know who he is, guy. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, sort of, I just assumed Tony would go. And I think kind of just overall vibe of travel, I think sort of, as you mentioned earlier, and I sort of agree with you, um, you know, Lou was just amazing. Uh, um And, yeah, uh, I don't really know what else I'm trying to say here, but, yeah, I didn't really... <laughs> I, that's not funny, Ben. It, I didn't really... Yeah. I thought Tony was going. That's what I'm trying to say here, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, I've, I guess I was just kind of hoping that that wouldn't happen because I think he's just good TV. Um, and, you know, it, it just sucks to lose these big personalities early on, even if you don't really like them all that much. Um, you know, because I think they just make good TV. And, and I, I really enjoyed watching Tony. And, um, yeah. Oh, it's going to be a killer next week because we're either going to lose Hannah or Tony and I don't want to lose either of them. So that, that sucks. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, I guess I figured it was Tony because we really didn't get like a sign off confessional from anybody else. Um, you know, we didn't get one from, from, um, Tom, we didn't get one from RV. So I kind of didn't feel like that if they went, that we'd really been serviced all that well by them. I don't know. If, I mean, Freeze, was that kind of something that you felt as well? Yeah, I, I, Thought it was going to be Tony, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. we go through this. Yeah, obviously, we get this. Um, you know, this this great moment from from Lou that I've talked about already, and um, yeah. But I mean, other than that, it was it was a, a pretty straightforward kind of tribal council. But I thought the vote was pretty interesting. Like it was kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, the uh, the yeah, Arby. So, so who voted Arby? That was Lou. Uh, so was that just a throwaway vote? She didn't want to vote for either Tony or or Tom. Is that what we're kind of guessing from that? Yeah, I, I thought it was Salah that voted for RV. No, no, Salah voted for uh, for Tom because he you he saw him with the Tom. TO and then he kind of he sort of hesitated. But um, oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Lou, Lou, it was Lou yeah. that was the RV vote, and I just kind of you that's know right. when that name came up, I was like, why is there an RV vote? And to see it was Lou, I yeah, I just I'm assuming that it's just a, a strategic move, kind of you know we just saw that with Sari, didn't we? In what vote was that in Game Changers where she just didn't vote for either of them? She just threw away a vote there. So I found that interesting, mm. and I yeah, like Lou is. Louis one to watch. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, we get through this vote, and uh, and Tom's one to go, and yeah, he doesn't look particularly pleased about it. I mean, he's nice on the way out the door, I guess, but um, yeah, that's going to make for a fun Redemption Island. I'm really looking forward to that next time round, and I think Redemption Island is going to pay for itself. Just just even in this next episode, I don't know what you guys think. I mean, Ben, are you looking forward to that little clash? Oh, 
I look to be honest with you, I was surprised he went out as quiet as he did. Um, I thought he was uh, going to throw a bit more of a tanty as he left, but yeah, for sure, next week looks awesome just in terms of um, his reaction. And yeah, I'm with you so much. The fact that we have to lose one of these two, it's kind of. I mean, this was a, a big thing with me with the Australian one we had last year. Was that I lost so many people that I I were my favourites so early on. Um, so I kind of, and I don't want this to happen. You know, Jack will probably go next week and, you know, then Salah's going to go and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. But yeah, uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how it, it all plays out because it's definitely should be some fireworks there in Redemption Island, I feel. Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, I mean, Brez, what are you kind of expecting that we're going to get next week? Do you, do you think this is going to be like this big showdown and then Tony's just gone or, you know, can you see him going on a bit of a run? Oh, I hope it's. I hope Hannah sticks around. I think we could get the Tony grumpy older guy sort of character from Nate, whereas I don't think there is anybody else like Hannah around. So I would like Hannah to win this upcoming duel. Yeah, I I can totally uh, agree what you're saying there. That that makes a lot of sense to me. But um, yeah, so I, I guess we can kind of close up this episode. I think we've kind of kind of covered everything we need to cover there, except um, somebody spelt Tony with an I on the end, which is a bit weird. But uh, anyway, <laughs> well, um, they spelled D in yeah, the first so, episode just with the letter D. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we'll, we'll just kind of uh, cover off at the end here. So is this a, a buy, a rent, or a bin on the second episode? I think I kind of know where both you guys are going to go. But uh, Ben, you can kick us off. What do you think it is? Yeah, I, I, look, I'm renting again, and again, look, just similar to what I said the first one. I mean, look, if I had to compare these both these episodes anyway, I mean, this was the more survivor feeling episode overall, grand scheme of things. But um, yeah, look, gonna rent, and um, that is kind of yeah going based on what I said earlier on. Uh, how about for you, Bruce? I would rent it as well. Yeah, rent. It was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was like standard Survivor. It was. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't even bad. It was. It was good. It was good. I'd rent it. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to go rent too, but I'm. Uh, it would be a multiple time rent because um, I think it is actually like a really good episode. Um, I, I I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if this is something that kind of hurts them in the long run. Like we might look back at this as being like a really pivotal vote because, you know, um, you know, Tony's somebody that's kind of got a lot of work done around the place, and now these guys are going to have to kind of cover him. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this does have a big impact, like this tribe could suddenly just like fall to pieces. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes next. Um, really solid opening two episodes. I've really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I guess probably the only thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, do we want to, we've obviously got our winner picks locked in before the season starts, but you know, do we want to kind of on an editing perspective, do we all want to just try and pick who do we think has got the best shot to win based on what we've, uh, what we've seen in these first two episodes and Perez, I'll throw you under the bus first. Okay, I'm going to stick with Arvi. Arvi or Shay, I will say, is my winning picks at the moment. Okay. Ben? Yeah, I had Shannon as winning. Um, look, I can see it going far, but I just want to quickly point out with Shannon, I love Shannon the fact that she just seems amazed at every little detail. Like, when she got tree mail, <laughs> like, oh my god, I got tree mail! I'm so excited! Like, she's just amazing. I just wanted to point that out with Shannon. But look, I, I think I'm going to have to switch it up to Lou at this point. I just feel she was just the most impressive out of everyone on these first two episodes to me. Um, so 
I feel that she, right now, if I had to pick a winner of Survivor New Zealand, she's it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tricky one, eh? Because obviously we just haven't seen a lot of that Hermosa tribe. And so I kind of think, is there anybody on that tribe that kind of stood out as being somebody that got a lot of screen time for, you know, not a particularly good reason that obviously they, they've needed to show even though they're not going to tribal council. And that, that kind of person isn't really there for me. So even though it's, you know, you, you kind of gravitate towards the people that are on the tribe that's been going to tribal council because they, they obviously get more time, it kind of feels like it might be them too. And I definitely, you know, I'm leaning towards those women. Those three women seem to, to all be, you know, in a really good position. Um, so, I, I mean, Shay just came out of this episode just really impressing me. And um, so, yeah, I think she's one to keep a, keep an eye on. Really enjoyed Lou as well. Um, I mean, it'd be a hell of a story if, you know, this 19-year-old farmer from Cheviot wins the game. You know, that would be a really good story. So we might even have the youngest winner in any international version. I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's been a solid couple of uh, episodes. Really looking forward to to seeing where this goes. And, uh yeah, I mean, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and especially those uh, Kiwi survivors who have listened. I hope a few of you have anyway. Um, we'd love to hear what you think of our, our hot, warm, cold takes, whatever they might be. <laughs> um, but, you know, you can, uh, you can check us out on um, on Twitter. We're, we're there. We're uh, happy to, to chat to you guys about what you thought about the episode. Um, ben, what's the Twitter handle? Uh, that would be at the Oz Network, and um, you can also find us on Facebook, the Oz Network as well. That simple. That's why I throw it to the professionals to get this thing finished. So, uh, <laughs> Brez, Ben, uh, thanks, thanks for joining us on this, this first episode and I uh, look forward to uh, talking to you next week with some more Survivor New Zealand. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.